Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of No Rolls Barred. Uh, so, as you may have noticed when you downloaded this episode, this is not the beginning of No Rolls Barred Season 2. Uh, we have decided to uh, do that properly when we can all get into the same room because Tom and I are really happy with that booking. Instead, this is a very special one shot and to help explain pretty much what we're going with here i've invited cbw's head of programming tom hi tom welcome to the podcast hello again uh, so uh, this is a very special bumper uh, edition of uh, cbw uh, do you want to ex- uh, give it a little bit of a, an introduction yeah i'd be delighted to so uh, without giving away too much until you actually get into the episode itself um, and immerse yourself in the fiction. Uh, this is a a different setting uh, to what you're used to for CBW. The initial CBW remain the same as they always will, uh, but what they stand for you might find slightly different. Uh, in terms of the setting for this episode, because as Adam has said at the moment, we can't all be in the room at the same time to record the full season two. Uh, we did want to make content uh, for you guys anyway, and the only way we can do this is over video conference. And the decision behind this particular setting was motivated by, rather than apologizing for the fact that we can't be in the same room at the same time, trying to make a virtue of it with the setting we chose. Uh, there's not really much more I want to give away before plunging you deep into this slightly different universe. Well, without further ado, let's plunge away. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to CBW. My name is Tom, head of programming here at CBW and these are our players. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm playing the High Flyer. I'm Luke Owen and I'm playing the young one. I'm Laurie Blake and I'm playing the veteran. Okay. I'm Lolo Brow and I'm playing the shoot fighter. I'm Adam Lompier and I am the golden boy. Right. Let's do a fight. 
The year is 3000 AD. As the technological innovations that defined the early years of the 21st century became more advanced, and as an increasingly urbanised environment accelerated mankind's relationship with machines, the very nature of human society began to change. Technological engagement for convenience and efficiency deepened into a dependence on artificial systems. The populace were driven indoors by a polluted environment and punishing work hours borne by the unchecked growth of city and industry. For most of the overinflated population, all they knew were work, sleep and food. But the human machine cannot live on these things alone. The human animal, confined to a life of domestic isolation, viewing the world through the glow of a screen, craves something more. Now, more than ever, we need the grand operatic drama and primal combat-driven conflict that only professional wrestling can deliver. We need CBW. But CBW, CBW, <laughs> CBW. But times have changed, and pro wrestling has changed with them. With the closing of public spaces, the fall of live entertainment, and the rise of a technocratic hierarchy, the people have turned their backs on the battle and beefcakes of forgotten centuries. Our new champions are made of steel and circuits, wrestle in robots built and remotely operated by the best and brightest, pounding seven shades of piston into each other on the grandest stage of them all. Now, in the future, one mighty wrestling promotion remains, its tussling tendrils spread across the world, piping hot bowls of pneumatic pain onto our screens and into our hearts. Only the strongest servos will survive. Welcome to CBW. Welcome to Cyber Battle Wars. The chance are actually just people typing it in the chat. Click, click, clack, click, click, clack. Welcome, everyone, to Cyber Battle Wars, and welcome to another episode of Heavy Metal. Prepare yourselves as these robotic wrestlers clash inside and always inside the ropes. In the name of <laughs> Prepare yourselves as these robotic wrestlers clash inside and always inside the ropes in the name of mechs, machinery, and mayhem. Oh, yes. Screens across the globe cut now to the image of a large burly muscled wrestler wearing red white and blue tights a bandana and sporting a dyed blonde english mustache as the camera zooms out we see this is a still photo of a man on a poster and above the image the words mass hysteria in exciting red and yellow letters the camera pans out further and further and we find ourselves in a workshop of sorts Lolo, please can you describe the person we see working in the shop and the machine they are working on? <clears throat> um, so in the workshop, uh, you have someone who is wearing clothes that used to be considered smart. Um, they probably were good quality at some point, but they are kind of worn down at the knees and they're ripped apart. They're jeans and a white vest um, and a corduroy shirt. Uh, their bulging muscles in their arms 
are just kind of like piercing the fabric, piercing, pushing the fabric out. And they are leaning over something with care and love and really true focus. The workshop is nice. It's actually quite good considering the area. And, um, and uh, there are posters all over the wall uh, commemorating uh, absolute admiration for someone who is an inspiration to the person that stands over their beautiful machinery. And can you give us a brief description of this machine itself? Yeah, I can. <laughs> it's got yellow legs and they're so yellow. They're like canary yellow, the kind of yellow that you look at and you feel sick. It's the kind of yellow that people look at and think that's the colour that people put in children's nurseries because they think that yellow has anything to do with gender. That kind of yellow. Um, and um, it's got a really, really... Um, purple kneecaps and they are really chunky legs very industrial goes up to the body still continuing in this fucking yellow and um into these huge massive ridiculous industrial arms and on the end of the arms are two forklift fingers hands i don't know why i'm doing penguin hands um so two forklift hands um they're like forks but not forks in fact they're like loosely related to forks so there's a lot of drama over the cutlery relation but we'll get into that later um and on the back there is a circular saw that can be uncovered and used at any moment and then there's this huge massive giant uh yellow and purple head that great and the name of this robot please the fork the fork, excellent. Um, a, uh, a a video screen sort of flickers to life on one of the walls, and we suddenly get a clip of the fork's very first match for CBW wrestling the steel carbon canine Dogmatic, who is a quadrupedal uh, dog-based robot. Can you tell us, please, how you deliver the how um, the fork delivers the finishing blow on Dogmatic? Uh, Dogmatic was a real, real uh, son of a bitch. Um, so um, I put the two forks into the centre of that little doggy mess. Shut up. Um, and then uh, split it wide open by just going pa. Awesome. Um, another screen now flickers to life, and we see your twenty-third match against the agricultural automaton Transfarmer, who's a large square-shouldered robot, still wearing denim dungarees, um, chewing a piece of cabling in his mouth. Oh, I'm going to crop the floor with you, he says, shaking his fist. Tell us how you deliver the finishing blow to Transformer. Uh, it's like Farmageddon all over again. Um, so, <clears throat> the finishing blow to Transformer is um, forklift Transformer. to Transformer. Christ, am I? Ah, the people around here wouldn't be too fast with that. Um, so um, I put the either side of the fork over the what I can only imagine is the like head-ish side of the robot, and then it gets the next like in between the fork, and then I lift it off, and it flies off somewhere else. Awesome. Um, you're now see another another screen flicker to life. Uh, your fifty seventh match against the uh, silicon soldier Netcracker, uh, dressed up to look like a um, a, a toy soldier. Uh, tell us how you deliver the finishing blow to Netcracker. <laughs> So he looks like a toy soldier. He looks like a toy soldier, but he's a robot. Okay, cool. So the toy soldier with like one of those flappy mouths. Yes. Okay, for cracking so nuts. Yeah, for cracking nuts. Uh, for cracking nuts. Christ. So I just put my forklift into his mouth, and then I twist it that way. It snaps off, and then um, 
that is the first bit of it and then them dramatically coming up with the second bit god creativity is hard when you've been in a house and then um <laughs> um forklifts between its legs and then spread them wide open and then crack them either way smash another screen burst into life for your uh, 74th match against the gigabyte gunslinger screenshot who wheels his two um, robotic six shooters and says allow me to improve your gun time and starts firing at you tell us how you deliver the finishing blow to screenshot okay. all right so i'm just like gonna be like ting 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 with my amazing um fork hand. i don't know if you noticed they're really amazing but um and then i'm gonna spin round and turn on my electric saw and just reverse into him sawing him completely in two <laughs> awesome okay and a Fifth screen snaps into life for your 86th match and 86th victory against the Red Hot Resistor, Firewall, who's this short but very squat um, robot with sort of wheels instead of legs who is just moving on this uh, pivoting sort of uh, axis of a body, blasting hot jets of flame from these huge flamethrowers in each hand. Time to burn some data! Okay, right. Um, I am... tear off one of my uh, oil pipes in my uh, arm and I let the fuel leak all around them so as soon as they set off their um, fire they just go up straight in flames themselves uh, the yeah the robot bursts into flames and melts into a pile of slag and circuits and really finally designed thing finally your 99th match and 99th consecutive victory against the jaws of defeat bitemare who is literally just a huge metallic shark's mouth um, on wheels, whose jaws are closing down on you as your two forklifts grip the top jaw and the bottom jaw and try to stop these huge metallic teeth from crushing you into pieces. How do you deliver the finishing blow on Bitemare? Um, I um, turn on my electric saw, saw, but I fly myself into the mouth and like almost like I want to get swallowed. So I just like, <laughs> like have the forks and then like just dive in like this. And then my electric saw just goes down their um, throat. And it works More like less. a dream. And then the uh, yeah the jaws of Bitemare smash open, leaving you standing victorious in the centre. And the crystal clear voice of the announce bot speaks out, winning their ninety ninth victory, the fork. And the synthetic sounds of a non existent audience are piped through the empty arena. Uh, and nobody cheers loudly for you as people at home lose their shit. And then we briefly linger once more on this muscle-bound figure working away on the metallic body of Fork in this workshop, workshop, and then we fade to black. And then the screen now fades up on a different scene, a very plain background as a smooth voice rings out, and now, a brief word from one of CBW's most generous investors. And as the image comes into focus, we see a large, luxurious armchair in a large, luxurious drawing room. On the wall above the fireplace is a painting of a very serious, very imposing looking man. And Adam, can you tell us who we see seated in this armchair, please? Certainly. You see the one, the only, the bad kid of the robotic scene. 
It's Piston Fairmont, heir to the great Fairmont Robotics. Uh, he is wrapped in the dazzle, wears a beautiful uh, shirt. I think you could probably describe him in four simple words. Genius, billionaire, playboy, really, really likes robots. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Piston, yeah, Piston, um, the mic is yours. Oh, hello. I did see you there. I have an extensive security system. I was just polishing my noble peace fist for robot fighting. <clears throat> Let's see now. My uh, father wanted me to uh, welcome you to the show. Let's see what he wanted me to say. When my father created Fairmont Robotics, he had a vision of a cleaner world. One where man can fulfill his greatest potential uninhibited by the flesh. My father never really liked flesh that much. I think he was missing out personally. Fairmont Robotics has transformed the world. When all functions can be carried out by our robo friends, the air is cleaner. The streets are safer. Well, there's no one on them. Of course they are. And we've all transcended to a new cyber world, a better world of thought, and untold possibilities, blah, blah, thesaurus.com. Point is, it all comes down to this. This is the F chip, my father's masterpiece. It's this that provides the synaptic connection between man and machine. It's this that turns thought into action. And upon all of this, Billions of lives revolve. Mass humanity, mass thought, mass action. The F chip. Of course, my father had dreams of mechanized environmental rehabilitation, the total unmanning of warfare, blah, blah, blah. But it was Piston Fairmont who said, let's take the F chip and use it to make robots fight. Now, of course, people might think that this is very expensive. And it is. Not every household can have an F chip. Not everyone's as privileged as the Fairmonts. But you know what I say to that? Life isn't fair. Life's Fairmont. Cheers. Especially all you boys at Incorporated Incorporated. And with that, the image fades on Piston Fairmont, lingering just for a moment on the glint of his beautiful sunglasses and one can only assume pristine teeth. And we now cut as screens around the world watching Cyber Battle Wars cut to the familiar site of the Cyber Battle Wars arena, a huge circle squared where these robot wrestlers will be doing their wrangling. The familiar voice of the announcer uh, rings out over the over screens and speakers across the country and across the world, making its way to the ring, hailing from new Surrey. The Billionaire Playbot! That's my robot, by the way. Uh, yes, <laughs> the, the Billionaire Playbot is... Uh, imagine if a Ferrari was a wrestler. It's absolutely immaculate. It's completely white, of course. It strides into the arena with the confidence of a man who plays cricket for a living. Uh, he has beautifully pleated, like 
bone straight metal casing uh, around the uh, around the legs there's some sort of odd synthetic fabric that looks almost like a, a kind of a cricket jumper with beautiful golden piping around the around the sleeves uh, and there's seems to be some sort of like very like scarlet electrical wiring around the the neck of the robot to look like a cravat um the hair of the robot it's all real imported orphan hair and it's parted in a beautiful slicked back uh, side parting uh it uh, it looks absolutely amazing it's worth several trillion dollars and of course it's powered by this baby so it's got a leg up on everyone so as you wait in the center of the ring more music blasts out a different piece of music that sounds quite similar to yours but just maybe not quite as good Making their way to the ring, also hailing from New Surrey, the millionaire fun robot. Storming arms moving left, right, left, right, very, very stiff, very formal, is a, a shining chrome robot wearing or whose chassis has been made out to resemble a, an Armani suit. You know, neat lapels, uh, a double-breasted um, blazer, some smart-looking shiny gloves. There is a very tiny, very thin, curled, waxed moustache um, made out of steel wire curling around the head of this smiling, pretty handsome, I guess, all things considered, uh, gentleman robot. Uh, piston. Uh, on your vid screen from your um, remote control room, you see a face, the familiar, fresh, cheeky, arrogant face of your not even really business rival, but definitely business um, contemporary, Archie Incorporated of the Incorporated Incorporated family. Ha! Fairmont, jolly good show, eh? Can't wait to, uh, can't wait to tussle in the ring with you, eh? Emperor's bully uh, rules. Can the chit-chat, Archie. Let's make this quick. I have meetings to attend. Oh, come now. Come now, Pisson. I'm sure you can find a little bit of time to, to talk shop with a, with a fellow roboticist. <laughs> Archie, I think you'll find the time is money, which means that then, yes, I would have all, all the time. So hang on. I, I need to look. And then I just punch. <laughs> I, I make my robot punch his robot as hard um, as he can. Yeah, the, um, the electronic buzz of the bell <laughs> rings out across the arena. And your your beautiful um, robotics robot robot's face collides with the face of Archie Incorporated's um, Archie Incorporated's uh, millionaire uh, fun robot, curling one of his curled steel wire moustache curls back against his face as the robot stumbles back a couple of steps. Um, Okay, what are you doing? Uh, I, am I, I'm in control. I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, pat the robot. Uh, I, I said when I when I'm talking about myself, I guess I'm talking about what the robot is doing or am i um, directing the robot uh be, be, because of because of the f chip um you just describe what the robot is doing certainly uh so i, I reach down and place my hand uh kind of firmly on uh, on the millionaire fun bot um i i, millionaire I, I, I fun raise robot. Him, millionaire fun robot i raise him to his feet i kind of uh, i dust him down and then i offer him a handshake it says uh, no hard feelings old bean put her there um, I'd like you to roll on look, please, to see if you can convince him. My look is plus one. I'm a charming mother. Uh, that is nine. Of course it is. Oh, I must say I was a little, uh, oh, a little taken aback by that sucker punch, but I suppose classic piston. Put her there, old chum. And uh, Archie's robot reaches out its chrome hand to you. 
does the arena have a ceiling? Uh, it is it is a, a, a vaulted ceiling. It's incredibly high. Excellent. Uh, as soon as the hands connect, uh, the jet propulsions in my robot's feet launch us both into the sky. Uh, and then once we reach the uh, the crest of the uh, of our velocity, I drop him. I'm going to uh, say scar like because because you're not a flying robot. This is going to be a uh, a work roll um, to see if you can pull this off. I may not be a flying robot, but I'm an expensive robot. My work is plus one. Uh, that is eight. Uh, yeah, so your your jet propulsion, um, the little jet propulsion rockets in the bottom of your robot boosts start to lift you up. We'll have to say because because you, you've all picked a very specific robot power, and uh, yours is not you are not a flight based robot. We're going to say you only managed to raise about maybe a robot's height, which is still a significant, um, good sort of uh, let's say eight to ten feet or so off the ground, enough to get the huge bulk because all of these robots are big, massive, bulky things. Um, enough distance off the off the off the, the future mat uh, to allow you to drop him are you basically doing a, a jet boot pile driver uh i'm oh i'm gonna drop him so that he lands and then i'm gonna do something on, on okay so he lands sure absolutely you drop him and with a familiar clank boom he hits the base of the mat uh then i'm going to hit uh the big cash which is like a big splash but basically i just land my my robot's full weight on him <laughs> Um, that is going to be a power roll for the big cash. Power roll. Oh, that's minus uh, minus one. <laughs> that would be snake eyes. <laughs> um. So as My you robot. as your robot sort of tilts into a horizontal plane in order to perform the big catch and drop oh. full body on Archie's robot, uh, you you. You're not a flying robot, and you just don't count for the continued propulsion of your boots, which causes you to then jet past him, uh, moving in the, on a horizontal direction towards the edge of the um, circle squared. This gives Archie the opportunity to get up on both feet, um, grab you uh, by the ankles, and start to swing you round and around and around as his waist just starts moving 360 um, on this uh, very smooth robot axle. Just swings you around and around and around. Whew, here, here, here. Here we go around. Uh, here, here we go around again. Piston, zing. That's he a says, "One-liner." <laughs> Which one of the seat sniffers at the lab taught you that one? Derek. Oh, what are you doing? You're being spun around by Archie Incorporated. What are you doing? All right, I'm going to. Um, I, I cock. I cock my uh, my fist, and I uh, I, I aim it. <laughs> at Archie's head to uh, uncork the Chateau Lefist 1869, <laughs> which is uh, when my, uh, my fist shoots out like, uh, like a champagne cork. It's named after Piston's favourite ludicrously expensive wine. <laughs> um, I am going to let you roll and look on that because it's very Piston Fairmont. Uh, Luke plus one. Uh, that's six. Bollocks. Um, oh, so I... Uh, I'm going to. So once per match, you have you have your rerolls once per match because this is a two um like two match card of everybody. Once per okay. match, you can do both your 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 roll reroll and your gimmick reroll. Okay, uh, my gimmick reroll is I'm the golden boy. What's the gimmick reroll on that? Your, your gimmick reroll, I think, is to um, is to embrace the future. Embrace the future. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that I am embracing the future. <laughs> 
where there is only one robotics company in the world, and that is Fairmont Robotics. I am becoming heir apparent uh, in my father's eyes. I think, I assume that my dad must love robot fighting and that I would be making him proud and, and, and sealing my place in the pantheon of robotic greats. How's that for you, DM? Ooh, I'm, can you give me a little bit more? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that I'm is, done. That is, that is, I mean, that's that's what's going through your head, but it needs to be, you, you need to tell me how your action is you embracing the future, like how what you were doing to um to get yourself out of the situation is embracing the future. Other than okay. just, I see a future where I win. <laughs> uh, so I, um, I, I implement an untested turbocharge of the F chip. It's risky. It's incredibly dangerous. My father strongly advised against it, but I've been tinkering. I've been tinkering with this, trying to forge my own legacy in the ring. I have been, uh, I've been working. I've been uh, doing some upgrades, some patches, tech words, you know. Uh, so I'm going to try and turbocharge my F trip to try and uh, get myself out of the situation. Terrific. Um, yeah, you can do a reroll on that. I'll allow that. Fantastic. Look plus one. Bang! That's ten. That's ten. Uh, take us through. Uh, so take, take us through the yeah the move the shadow nerfed. Uh... So in, engaging the uh, the F chip as I am the kind of this uh, surge of adrenaline in my body overloads my robot's circuits and it um I, it unclasps at the wrist and this huge fist immaculate uh, heavy solid steel uh, fist shoots out uh, and clatters. Uh, with uh, with Archie's uh, millionaire uh, fun robot, um, and I would assume that uh, he is disoriented enough to drop me. Um, oh, absolutely! Yeah, as soon as that as soon as that fist connects, um, the the grip on the fun robot uh, is released from your robo ankle, um, and yeah, the billionaire fun robot is dazed as much as a robot can be dazed. It is uh, computationally disorientated as it staggers okay. around the mattress. Uh, I'm going to uh, kick the robot in its balls, I want to say, <laughs> and uh, go for my privileged pile driver. Um, go for it. That is going to be, ooh, for a, for a kick in the balls. Oh, fine. That is that is so incredibly piston. You can roll and look for that as well. Lovely. Plus one. Uh, that is seven. Just about. Um, it's actually quite hard to get bearing on where the balls are because the robot is... Ball bearing? Ball bearing. It's ball quite, bearing. Okay, let's it's let's 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 pretend let's pretend we thought of this all along. It's quite hard to get your ball bearings. Nailed it. <laughs> um, but you you successfully managed to do it. Just as as uh, as the billionaire fun robot the millionaire fun robot um, turns to face you, you hoof your robo foot, um, or the billionaire playbot hoofs its robo foot right up into the robo groin of the uh, fun robot, and it collapses to the ground. It is now ready for you to hit your what I assume is your finisher. Uh, no, this is uh, this is a setup to my finisher. Okay, go. This for is it. my signature move. Uh, so the privileged pile driver jam his leg, uh, his head between my legs, uh, lift up again, a slight boost from my jet propelled uh, my jet propelled buttocks, uh, which uh, gives me a little lift in the air and then slam uh, right down on top of the head of the millionaire fun robot. Uh, you can roll on. Oh, that is that is a power move for the. It's a it's a it's a pile driver. That's got to be a power move, I'm afraid. All right, all right. It is uh oh that that gives me a three. Three. 
unfortunately, again, as, as that, that little bit of little bit of boost comes again, it's not something you're able to get a grip of, and once again, you lose you lose handle on um, the uh, the millionaire fun robot. And um, I would like to do a reroll, please. Okay, are you doing your heel I... reroll? Yes. So uh, as I as I reach down and and pick up uh, the the robot, uh, tiny little pincers in my robot's hands uh, start severing wires uh, around the neck of the millionaire uh, fun robot, uh, interfering with uh, with another robot's mechanics is deeply frowned upon. Uh, but I am trying to sever as many of the kind of connective cords as I can, basically trying to get an unfair leg up on Archie. Go for it. Um, make that reroll. Superb. Dirty bastard. Uh, that is a ooh, seven. Just. Just. Um, so this is, again, this is, um, because this is such an underhanded move, you have to use an awful lot of precision and care to keep it out of the, um, out of the vid screens of the robo refs. Um, but you successfully do, and these little pincers come out and they start cutting away at the wires. And as soon as they do, the the the, the flimsy connection that is keeping the this inferior um, piece of machinery up and running starts to fail, and you just see the millionaire fun robot start to uh, drop to its knees and quiver and twitch, and little sparks and things start to buzz out of it, and it just ends up it is it is literally prone on the mat at this point. Um, you see, you see the eyes of uh, Archie Incorporated like bulge um, in your communication screen. It's like, no, 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 that's um, that's that's jolly, that's jolly unfair, Piston. Now uh, we, uh, we 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 all love a good laugh, but come on now, come on now, Piston. Uh, I uh, I look as I look up into the into the cameras, and I I tell Archie, uh, suck a dick, fuck dad, and then I go in for my uh, finisher, which is the wealth grab. The um, wealth grab, by which I mean I uh, I lock in a a, uh, a camel clutch, uh, but as I do so, uh, little kind of wires seep out from the hands. Uh, they enter into uh, my opponent's inner workings and pump it full of molten palladium, which is an incredibly expensive metal, the most expensive <laughs> metal in the world. Uh, but it gums up their internal workings, renders their robot completely inert, and it's the most ludicrously expensive way of doing that. Okay. Oh. Uh, okay, um, I, w- I would say for that, um, for that, uh, is there a modifier if it's my finisher? If it's always oh, your finisher, no, That's I suppose. My finisher. If it's your finisher, wealth- you, that is just yeah. a straight two d six with no rerolls available to you. Come on, wealth grab. <laughs> Another snake. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh dear! Well, this has never happened to me before. Okay. <laughs> must be, very quick. Must be cold in here. Yeah, okay, sorry, so this is. So this is this is what's going to happen. Um, you you manage to maneuver the billionaire playbot around to get into that um that camera clutch position. You start to pump um all of this expensive um, molten palladium into your opponent, and it starts to flow into the really disappointing robot of the really rather disappointing Archie Incorporated. However. <laughs> You being a an ostentatious man who likes to flaunt his wealth, I think it's not unreasonable to assume that you bought an awful lot of molten palladium just to show that you could. In fact, the amount you calculated was a little bit too much, and it does flow into the body of um, the uh, <laughs> the millionaire play robot and does cause the body just to sort of seize up 
and sort of melt from the inside out, but it also spills out into yours and you find the limbs and the arms and the body of the uh, billionaire playbot seizing up uh, your, your, your ability to control it. Uh, you, the the F-chip is still working fine. You can still speak to it and communicate with it, but it isn't responding to your commands as its joints are starting to seize up from this metal that's leaking back into it. Um, for the time being, uh, that is going to be a, a minus one penalty on everything you do. Add a minus one to every single stat you've got, Ooh. just for now. Um, but that said, you are still functional, uh, and the body of Archie Incorporated is flooded with palladium and still cannot move. Um, the whole world is watching. What are you doing, Piston? Uh, well, I am furious, obviously, about this. I've been embarrassed in front of the world. My dad, the two are fundamentally the same. Um, I, so I decide to do uh, what, um, what I always do after my match, but even more aggressive. It's time for murder and acquisitions. So I just start ripping apart the, the robot and like salvaging all of like kind of its innards and, and sort of like start to strap them to my own robot. I've, I'm taking trophies. Uh, I am kind of ripping this this kind of this passion project of Archie Incorporated. I am no, tearing no, it apart. Yeah, this is inferior tech. I rip the wires. I kind no, of buckle no, no, the chest no, no, plates. No, no, you, have, I, I, you have everything. You have everything. I turn on my jet propulsors need... and I start melting the inside so that it cannot be salvaged for a future match. Burn. Burn. No, Piston, nothing, please, and please, you're nothing. please, oh, God, Everyone no, please. Everyone who isn't a Fairmont is nothing and on that you hear a heavy steam clank of another robot approaching for the top of the ramp and luke please can you introduce your robot to us this is this is the kremlin crusader it is a robot that is made up of various different things that I have salvaged from scrapyards. And I would I have no money of my own. As you can tell, I am Russian due to my flawless accent. Uh, it is, and it is made up of a huge TV monitor as the face. Uh, the chest is the top of a tank. Uh, with the turret pointing downwards. Uh, the right arm is a, F, a, a KA-50 helicopter with rotating blade. The left <laughs> arm is the Moscow <laughs> Tremetro train. The right leg is a battleship. And the left leg is the rocket launcher casing that we used in Good Wars. Uh, and I step forward to look you dead in the eyes. Just what the hell are you supposed to be? I do not come here for glory. I do not come here for victory, for money, for the wealth that you have stolen. I simply come here for a much greater, much more important purpose. My legacy. A legacy that is not yours. What do you know of legacy? My name is known across the globe. My technology is in every corner of every marketplace. I am this generation of robotics, and robotics is uh, the world's legacy. I, I launch myself uh, at him. I... I've had a really rough afternoon and I, and I can't be doing with this. Um, what are you doing? How are you launching yourself, Adam? Uh, I'm going to uh, 
try and wrap my head around uh, my hands around his head and start cutting at his uh, at his wires. Uh, that is going to be ooh, cutting his wires. I'm going to say that is a ooh, uh, that that can be. I would say work for that, I think, because it's sort of finickety work. You're trying to cut away the wires. You can you can roll and work for this. Certainly, uh, though minus one penalty means I'm working with a zero. That's a eight. That's an eight. Um, okay, these instantly these very expensive tiny little blades start cutting through the wires in your um, eh, in your robot body, Kremlin Crusader. Um, you sort of start to feel your um, your, your your motor skills uh, slow and disorient slightly. What are you doing? Uh, so in the uh, sort of the vid screen uh, in Piston's sort of little place that he is operating from, uh, I'm going to try and psych him out for a quick moment. Um, okay. Uh, how are you going to do that? By holding up an F chip. Um, okay. I'm going to say, let's have a... Ooh, okay. Okay, let me quickly check this out. Um, okay. This is going to be a contested look roll to see if you manage to psych him out or not. I'm rolling with zero again. I have an eight. Nine. Oh, oh. I'm psyched out. Um, yeah, so um, Piston, the, 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 sight, the sight of an F-chip um, in someone else's hands, impossible, impossible. Um, you are completely like taken aback by this, giving you an opportunity. What are you doing, Kremlin? I've seen the way that you fight. And now I suggest that we fight fair and red square. Uh, and with that, uh, my I stick my uh, my my robot six its two arms out and starts spinning. So like my the, the middle portion of me starts spinning for the vodka revolution. It's like a Zangief's. <laughs> it's like Zangief's little spinning uh, lariat move. Amazing. Um. So boom, 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 boom. These um these robotic these very cheap scrap your robotic fists keep smacking you across your pristine chromatic jaw over and over and over and over again um you're you're being knocked back you're getting seven shades of something unbashed out of your your robot skull uh what are you doing piston i'm gonna have to activate my uh my robot's uh special power which is the unseen one percent i'm going to turn invisible um you're gonna roll um <laughs> you're, you're gonna we're gonna be rolling power for that because that is your robot power oh no but that's minus two tom Oh, shag. Uh, that is uh, five. <laughs> um, so you, you, your whole body starts to, yeah, your whole body starts to shimmer um, and uh, disappear from sight as you go from uh, opaque to translucent to transparent to the point where you are completely 100% um, invisible. I'll tell you what's not invisible, though, is the palladium that leaked back into your body. And the outline of this Palladium roboskeleton um, is now completely, yeah, completely in the sightline of the Kremlin Crusader. Kremlin, what are you doing? Allow me to Putin you in your place. Uh, and I <laughs> grab the sort of outline of him because I can't see where he is uh, and lift him up onto my shoulders to do the Dynamo Valley driver and uh, drive him into the mat. Ooh, okay, Kremlin Crusader, the Dynamo Valley driver. The driver, as a pile driver, that is going to be a power move. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> that was a terrible decision. What's your power? Uh, you got minus two. Uh, hey. So that would be a total of three. Yay! Three. 
Um, you lift them up, but uh, in, in your robot, so like internal calculations, it did not compensate for the added weight of all this additional palladium, which is a very heavy metal. And you lose, <laughs> you lose grip of um, the billionaire playbot as you, as you get him over your shoulder and you, you fall onto your back um, with the, the playbot now on top. Uh, Piston, what are you doing? Uh, I'd like to leave. Can I leave? <laughs> um, ooh, roll on coward. No, um, let's see. <laughs> uh, you can... You you can roll you can roll and look for that for sure. Um, right, so zero modifier, uh, six. Six. I want to go. <laughs> um, so you, you, you manage, yeah. You're you're on top of uh, you're on top of the Kremlin Crusade. You manage to get to your feet and use this you use this moment advantage to try to run, but you're not quite fast enough. Um, Kremlin, what are you doing? If at first you don't succeed, Russian roulette is not the game for you. Uh, I am then going to, as he sort of leaves, grab him to do the side American leg sweep because in Mother Russia they do not allow moves to be named after Russian. Uh, and that will. Oh, sorry. What was the uh, leg sweep? We'll give you a work for leg sweep for sure. Oh, sweet. Uh, because that will be nine. Uh, boom! Your, le- your leg sweeps underneath the expensive, uh, much more expensive than your leg, expensive legs of uh, Piston Fairmont, and his robot falls to the mat. Um, there's a, there's a, a crack and a groan and, um, some more, um, you can see the side of some more molten palladium start to leak out of some cracks in the body. Uh, yeah, you're still in control for this. If you want to play dirty, then so be it. Uh, and I act- <laughs> <laughs> activate my, <laughs> I activate my robot's, uh, special ability. Uh, so it sort of stands there and the top of it opens up ever so slightly. And another robot jumps out of it, and then the uh, the chest of that one opens up, oh, and another it. robot jumps out. God and from out of that one, the chest opens, and another robot jumps out. These are the Russian dolls: ah. Hammer, Sickle, and the Red Star. Uh, and Uh, so I, I sort of control all of them to start to grab at different limbs, and I grab at the other limb to uh, activate my finishing move, uh, the submission, the tap tress, uh, which is uh, a submission. Basically, I want you to try and uh, to give up because you do not want your robots to be too destroyed as I try to rip it apart. Um, okay, so that is going to be for your finish, just a straight 2d6 roll. Uh, I'm going to use a re-roll. Um, because this is uh it's Meg, it is one second. Um You've got your is... face for standing up for what you believe in, and then you've got your yeah. gimmick, which is um yeah, carving a name yeah. for yourself. That's it, yes. Well I'm I'm standing for what I believe in because I do not like the way that this man operates. I do not like the way that he's using the F chip uh for this uh fairly pointless sport. Uh and I, I want to uh stop him because this chip is designed for greater use and I believe that it has a much greater purpose. All right, go Dad. for it. <laughs> Your dad was a great man. Ha-ha-ha! Eight! <laughs> Eight. Um, then take take us through your finisher, please, and just how painful uh, it is. So uh, Hammer, with his hammer hands, uh, sort of uh, <laughs> operates and sort of like starts smashing it onto one arm. Sickle, with his sickle hands, uh, sickles away at the other arm. Red Star, who is a star-shaped robot, just sort of rolls up and down one of the legs. 
uh, sort of like just being a real a nuisance. While uh, the, uh, the, the the Kremlin Crusader with a K uh, grabs at the other leg to sort of like tear it apart while yelling. Now, Tap, submit. You are weak compared to my robot. And with uh, that, with the with the, with the shredding of the red star and with the the, the pounding of everything, um, Pret Piston, you feel your robot, um, an already heavily damaged robot, break and fall apart. Yes. Tap 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 tap. Uh, um, I don't want him to break my robot anymore. I yeah. want to go home. <laughs> just 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 before the robot is, just before the work these little robots are doing, and it reduces you to just a pile of scrap. You are still just about, the, the billionaire player is just about put together enough to tap out. And with that tap, bzz, 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 that's not a horrible sound, but just go with ding again. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. The, uh, the electronic bell rings. Your winner, the mystery entrance. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the synthetic crowd cheers. And then all of a sudden, the lights in the arena. <clears throat> go out entirely until there are just two spots um, directly top lighting both of your robots. Um, the Futuretron, the screen of the Futuretron above the ramp bursts into life um, and you see the shape of a quantum wave appear as it moves and takes form and reacts to the sound of a robotic voice ringing out. Unacceptable. You will be taken downstairs to resolve this. And then two circular platforms start to revolve underneath where your robots are. And before you can even react, you sink down below the arena and out of sight. There's a brief pause in darkness. And then the lights back on. The soundless synthetic crowd back into the speakers. And then the Futuretron bursts to life once more. Laurie, mm. I would like you to take us on a historical retrospective of the career of a particular wrestler, if you would be so kind. Okay. So uh, what appears on screen is a highlight reel of one man's accomplishments in wrestling. We start out with this bronzed god making his way down to the ring with his bleach blonde uh, English moustache. He's the top face in the company, playing to a massive audience. He's slamming the biggest guy. He's raising the belts. He's performing on the biggest stages before hopping over to the other biggest company and being the top face there. He has a brief heel turn. He comes back. He's like the peak of his game until the moment he isn't in these clips. And there's a brief second of him starting to falter, starting to lose. He's on the downward spiral and he makes a decision. We see him in a chair with this, all these wires sticking out of a metal helmet and uh, seeming energy being transferred from the wires, coming from him and into a supercomputer style setup. We then see those same wires, the other side, downloading uh, information, blue, blue uh, energy trickling out into a black box recorder. That black box is then plugged in. The lights light up in the eyes of this robot that looks conspicuously quite like the man. Uh, he then, it basically, we get the exact same montage in reverse. We get, uh, sorry, just again, we just get him the top, top of the company, slamming the biggest robot he can find. We get him uh, holding all the title belts. We get a brief jaunt where he goes to Japan and is really big over there because they have robot wrestling there where he fights 
heated seated toilets or whatever it is. We get a, a brief period where he forms the NWD, the New World Droider, with two other robots. We then get to uh, his big feud with his arch nemesis, Mecha Man Andrew Vicious, and the Mecha Powers are formed. The Mecha Powers literally explode because of a fuel uplink <laughs> problem. And then we get to this moment at the end of the montage where thousands of wins, we, we are being bombarded with hundreds of thousands of images of this guy, this robot over the years, winning, staying on top, being victorious. Each time his hand is raised, there's that gleam in the eyes of like this bright blue gleam of the robot. And then over time, that seems to dull each hand raised. And the last image is the robot with his arm raised, the man with his arm raised, standing side by side. And you can tell that the robot looks more sad. The Futuretron cuts out. And... Making their way to the stage. Hailing from the University of Kent. The Fork. So, there is a robot bigger than all the other robots. It's not the Fork. It's a really, really big robot that is dressed like a dinner lady. Um, and she's got the cutlery jaw. And then she's like trying to find, obviously, a fork, but all she can find is spoons. It's really stressing her out. Um, and then she just tips the whole thing out and out of this giant cutlery drawer, drops a very yellow industrial uh, forklift hand, uh, useful student from the University of Kent, which is not a fact that I forgot that I had told you was a part of this character, but that's fine. And then they storm down into the ring. Um, their robot is as shiny as possible. The fork is as shiny as possible, but has been completely um, scruffed and cuffed and the paint is um, worn and torn. And they, um, at one point, they do just walk on their forklift hands, like a little forky handstand, and it's great. And then they get into the ring of doom and joy. Uh, yeah, the circle squared. Um, so you stand there in the centre of the circle squared and the Futuretron bursts into life again with the number 99 on it. Uh, would you like to make your demand? Holy shit, yes! Yes, I do! I, I, I do. Um, I have proven my worth. Um, it's absolutely uh, incredible. Um, uh, but I don't give a fork about any wrestler in this... Uh, with anyone in this uh, competition. Uh, there's only one who I... Uh, want to fight in my knife and that is the <laughs> incredible and amazing Maxwell I feel this has to happen spoon otherwise there's no point <laughs> but what <laughs> what's prong with this demand <laughs> okay so the uh, the shape of a of a quantum wave appears once again, um, and the uh, the yeah, and the wave uh, moves to the sound of this robotic voice. Fork, win your one hundredth match, and you will be granted a chance in the ring with. The immortal mass, Maxwell. And then the screen shuts off. Making their way to the ring, hailing from the four corners of the earth. For warning! 
striding down the ramp now is a huge, um, <laughs> uh, huge, even for a robot, uh, chrome steel, um, uh, chrome steel giant wearing a, a, a sort of a, a metallic, a red metallic uh, cape made out of some kind of almost metallic fabric. Um, their head is almost entirely uh, smooth, like chrome smooth, except for a uh, a red metallic mohawk sticking out the top. Um, they step down and then as soon as they reach the bottom of the ramp, shake off this metallic cloak which clanks to the ground behind them and bring out two huge uh, metallic arms. Um, and then cross these arms in front of them and you hear whirring and movement um, from the body and then as the arms stretch out two more burst out from behind and this uh, four-armed giant starts shaking its fist at you in this kind of way. Uh, this fist kind of sort of swiveling on the wrists and the arms are sort of swiveling on the elbows and there's just this sort of flurry of, of smooth forearmed motion um, is just moving around this thing's body. It throws all forearms into the air, um, looks up into the um, high, high vaulted ceiling of the circle squared and then drops them to its side. Um, the two arms at the bottom fold um, and the top left arm reaches out, gestures towards you. And then ding, 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 the bell goes. <clears throat> okay, uh, so um, I just want to put my like fork straight round one arm and then just tilt it and snap it off. Um, ooh. Ooh, roll on power, see how well you do. Why? It's a robot. It's not like I'm doing the blood and the pus again. It is a seven plus two, so that's nine. Amazing. Um, your forklift uh, shoots in quick as a flash, clamps around one of the arms, um, twists it. You hear a clank and a fizz and a tear, and it just drops limp to the side, lifeless. Um, yeah. At that point, uh, I'd like you to make a roll on work for me. Oh, well, that's no fun. Five. Hmm. Five. Um, it's it's other arm. It's uh, other arm from the bottom set of arms swings round and grabs your robot around the waist. Um, uh, its head rears back. You can see these sort of layered pistons in its neck stretch out as it moves back almost about ninety degrees, and then the head swings forward uh, with four winning four winnings signature uh, four headbutt and crack. This uh, metal skull connects with yours, um, causing you to stagger back as. Um, Actually, no, not even stag back. Forewarning is keeping a grip around your body with its arm and leans its head back again for another crack. What are you doing? Um, I quickly um, try and tilt over slightly to pick up the arm that I've just ripped off to put it on top of my head like a little helmet. <laughs> um, so it's currently, it's, currently, it's currently limp and unfunctioning at the side, but it's not actually off the body yet. It's just hanging, unworking on the side. Can I limp flop it over my head? Still? Yeah, you can still do that. You can roll okay, on, so I, I guess... I guess roll on look for that because it's cosmetic. Cool. Sure. All right. Okay. Uh, that's a two. <laughs> that's a two. Um, yeah, you, you, I would say you successfully managed to move the arm over your head, um, but it just uh, flops down again. But the, hold on. Is that, I... is that a snake eyes or is that a modified two or a snake no, eyes? No, no, no. It's a modified two. Okay, cool. And the, the arm just simply flops down again. And uh, the arm that is gripped around your body takes a, a, a tighter hold um, against your waist. And the two upper arms grab each of the arms by the wrist and start to pull uh, the arms of the fork out and up. 
I forecast uh, pain in your future. And just starts tugging and tugging. Okay, so I didn't get that. I forecast yeah. pain in your future. <laughs> just we starts tugging. I, I, I heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just thought, yeah, we'll just, just, just for people in the back seats, you know. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, all your puns are going to get the same reaction, babe. It's fine. And yeah, just starts t- tugging and tugging and tugging on your arms. You feel the, you feel, well, you don't feel, but you can, uh, you can sense on the, the readouts on your screen, um, these warning signs as the, uh, the connections between your, uh, the robot's body and the robot's arms, um, are starting to get damaged. And it's just okay. tugging and tugging and tugging. What are you doing? Um, I am going to, uh, kick my legs out and drop onto my bum, attempting to roll, uh, this robot over me. Let's work. Your work. Fair. Eight. Eight. Um, fantastic. Yeah, you managed to take advantage of the momentum of the fact that uh, with with its upper arms working, one of its bottom arms not. Um, there is actually more more force um, and more uh, yeah more force and more momentum on the upper part of the body, which you can manipulate to slide yourself underneath um, forewarning and get forewarning onto the floor briefly. What are you doing? And uh, so forewarning's gone over and is onto the floor. Have they roll over from me? That's what I was trying to do. Like, are they rolled off me or are they still holding on to me? Um, so I would say forewarning is currently on its back on the ground, but still holding on to your, um, still holding on to the torso of your robot with, um, with its right arm. So you're, you're in control. Um, you're, you're basically, yeah. if this is MMA, you're basically mounting them right now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put my fork hands into the ground and I'm going to lift myself up as much as possible to slam my body back down into them. Okay. That's a power roll for sure. Sweet. Fuck yeah. Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> Seven. What? Seven. Um, okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, you rear back, you, um, slam, yeah, you slam your body, uh, and your fork comes back into forewarning. Uh, that's enough to get its arm to let go of you. Um, it is now, forewarning is still lying on the mat. Um, you are completely free and completely released at this point. Okay. Cool. Um, at this point, then, um, I get back onto my feet and I'm just going to drop down, body slam them again. That is another power roll. I'm leaning on power there. Fucking love power. Wait. Oh. Six. Six. Um, so as you go in for the body slam, uh, quick as a flash, forewarning, sits upright, gets to one of its knees and grabs you once again with all four of its arms. You fought the four, but the four won. <laughs> <laughs> and once... This time sort of turns you, sort of maneuvers you around, um, off your body slam, uh, gets, uh, two, two arms on your upper arms again, another arm uh, wrapped around your legs. And basically it's, it's like a, it's like a surfboard stretch, but it can do it standing because it's got four arms and puts you into, um, its signature submission move, the fortune rack and just starts bending you backwards once again. Um, you can roll on. Yeah. What do you want to do? You're being currently stretched, um, and pulled again. Your, your senses are reading out danger again, all the points where you're, um, limbs are connecting uh which way am i facing away from them uh, you're facing yeah you're facing away from them i want to turn on my fucking electric saw just in their <laughs> face i assume um yes absolutely um they can roll on we'll say roll on look for that electric saw oh, look sucks balls <laughs> wait 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 seven Hey. Seven. That is that is just enough. Um, so that you're being pulled like closer and closer and closer and closer. Um, at this point, kind of, I guess, uh, because you're resisting so much initially. Uh, forewarning is 
piling on the pressure to get you as close as possible. And then like at the last moment, you just release that pressure, get pulled incredibly close and turn on that buzzsaw. And it just starts cutting straight through the center of Forewarning's chest. There's sort of sparks, um, bits of wire and metal like burst out from it. Um, it, The blade sort of crosses straight across the center of its skull. um, And its head sort of starts to split in two. And you are free. You are free from the fortune rack. Oh, amazing. Um, I've only got like a few seconds left of this um, saw running. So I'm going to just, um, as I'm dropped, I'm on my feet and I'm just going to back more into them and attempt to do more damage while I'm there. Um, that's another look roll. If you're doing the saw again. Uh, I regret the saw. Oh, 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 that's that's 11. That's 11. Um, yeah, the, the saw sort of picks up speed now. It, it sort of, uh, its RPM doubles. Um, and this sort of metallic whine rings out throughout the whole stadium, um, like rings in your ears as well through like your, your headphones. Um, and then you just hear this horrible grunching, a uh, horrible sort of crunching sound as it just buries itself deep, 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 deep within the body of forewarning. Um, its, its voice seems to be crying out in some kind of robotic pain originally. Uh, initially, but then that, that sort of fades. You see the, the, the light, these little red, um, LEDs in its skull start to go out. And just, um, as it collapses prone to the ground, just before it shuts down. One last thing. I guess you found the winning formula. And then a second that happens and a second forewarning shuts down, the 99 on the future Tron bursts into a 100. And yeah, the the crowd goes wild. um, The synthetic crowd goes wild. uh, And then the 100 turns back into that quantum wave again. Um, Congratulations, Fork, on your 100th victory. You have won your chance against the immortal... Mass Maxwell. You have a moment in the ring. Do you want to flex? Do you want to do anything? Uh, I'm going to put my fork fingers up and be like, hashtag the fork. Because I'm <laughs> cool. <laughs> Ooh, okay. How we all communicate. Let's get that trending. Let's get that trending. Okay. Um, brilliant. And then the, the screens linger on the fork for a moment. <laughs> And then once again, cut somewhere else. As the fork leaves the stage, the future Tron snaps back into life. And Ollie, can you please take us through the title sequence we are about to watch? <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> there are sort of 90s style graphics appearing on the big screen in a sort of really quite dated even more so in the year 3000 intro sequence to what seems to be a daytime high concept TV show, episodic TV series. And the voiceover goes, one day while fighting to protect 90s America from the evil mastermind Red Scare, Rick Thunder and his trusty wingman Tim Quick pursued a hostile aircraft to the Bermuda Triangle where Thunder and his danger zone jet flew into a space-time anomaly, 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 transporting him to the year 3000. Now, stuck in the future and out of time, Rick and his new best friend, his own sentient jet, now called Danger Zone, wrestle to find a way back home. 
Oh my god. And Rick is in the uh, sort of like the overseen area where he is protected behind some glass. And he commands his danger zone uh, jet, sentient jet, who's his best friend, like a Pokemon. So <laughs> danger zone, the jet, who looks like a jet, but is also a robot, kind of like a transformer. He's in the ring now. <laughs> Go get him, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I do not like this red scare. <laughs> <laughs> From a different time, stuff wasn't racist back then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Laurie, mm. uh, can you please, uh, yeah, can you please tell us how Mass Maxwell enters the ring? Sure thing. Uh, East Sussex surf rock starts to play over the speakers. Uh, we cut backstage as um, two sort of little droids walking along with a little briefcase. They're both wearing, or both been painted, should I say, to have the logo Mass Hysteria emblazoned upon them. As they go down this line, they pass a cutout of uh, the immortal Mass Maxwell. They pass a older looking version of this robot that is painted red, white, and blue, big feather boa, but clearly scarred from battle. They pass a black version with NWD scrawled across the chest. They get to one that is uh, pristine looking, um, its chest cavity snaps open and they open the briefcase and they take out this black box, like a, almost like a sort of audio recording device and they plug it into the chest of this robot that is just hanging there, uh, white tipped window wipers underneath its eyes uh, that are sort of dead. And then suddenly as this box connects and goes in, there's a flicker and it powers up. It rips off the uh, chest cavity that says Mass Hysteria on it to reveal another yeah. chest cavity that also says Mass Hysteria. It walks out onto stage to the East Sussex Surf Rock, playing to the crowd that isn't there, just sort of out of uh, memory. Almost, It's almost like a legacy thing, and uh, gets to the ring and starts to listen for the crowd. A listening uh, device pops out of its ear, and on the other ear pops out a speaker to play the crowd sound from people at home <laughs> to... <laughs> to its opponent. <laughs> okay, as you two square off in the ring, oh, well, as, as the, the immortal Mass Maxwell uh, squares off against the, the kind of towering figure of a, <laughs> of a fighter jet, uh, is there anything that uh, you want to say, Mass? Uh, Let me tell you something, Robo. What are you going to do when mass panic runs wild on you? These 24-inch pistons are here to beat you into the ground. That's it. That's all he wants uh, to say. Uh, and Rick, do you have, do you have any parting, any, any last words you want to say? Not parting, sorry. <laughs> any any Crikey, last words you want to say to a chance management. <laughs> slip, slip, slip of the sorry, I, I was literally, I was just looking at Laurie and I immediately thought of a rest of the guy. Uh, but no, any, any, um, <laughs> Any pre-match words you want to pass on to So Danger I am Zone? channeling my voice through the Tannoy system coming out of Danger Zone in the ring because I'm up there. And, Amazing. But I still take my glasses off to say we need to get back home and we're going to go through you to do it because my name's Rick Thunder and this is my sentient jet best friend Danger Zone. <laughs> 
Ding, 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 ding. Uh, Mass as the as the legend. Um, Mass Maxwell, you start in control. What are you doing? I'm running straight in with a clothesline. That's a power roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven. Seven. That's enough to do it. Yeah, your 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 beefy metallic arm um, connects with the the fighter jet body of Danger Zone uh, and sends him stumbling uh, back to the other end of the circle squared. Cool. Same again. Uh, what are you doing? Same again. That's another power roll. Uh, that one is also a seven. Same thing. Exact same thing. Same move people had seen literally hundreds of thousands of times at this point. Um, boom, against the body of Danger Zone. Danger Zone pressed against the, um, the metallic ropes now. Cool. I run, to, I run to the other side. I hype the crowd up. I listen in. And I run back in for the third and final clothesline. Okay, that's another power roll. Five. Um, okay, uh, Rick, you you see him coming in for the you know you see the clothesline connect once, connect twice. You know the pattern now. What are you saying I to figured Danger it Zone? Out. I say Danger Zone jump <laughs> because he's a jet and he jump like uh, so, so. I want him to jump up in the air and he's going to go pretty high and he's probably going to do a flip while he's up there. I'm talking he's starting to flip at the top and then still flipping as he comes down because he is the high flyer. He's a literal jet and he collides <laughs> with Max. Mass, Max, Max. So um I'll let you roll on uh I'll let you roll on look for that bit of um aerial that's, wizardry. That's work. High flyer. That's <laughs> But that's you know, to be fair, that is actually that is actually true to the gimmick sheet. Um that is a uh yeah, fine. Thank that's a work you. roll. But watch your lip, Davis. <laughs> We're going back home. Not only is it a plus two, <laughs> but it's a it's a critical success. Uh, <laughs> hey! Critical success. A natty twelves. <laughs> Doing a sixty nine. Amazing. In the, in the... Um, nice. So so first, take us through that aerial wizardry, and then take us through um, that that collision well, course. As... Uh, as Danger Zone has gone up in the air and he's doing so many spins, Rick sees from the control area that, hey, Mass, it is Mass, isn't it? Mass, Mass is mm-hmm. Mass, Mass Maxwell. Maxwell. Hey, Mac, Mass Hysteria, he seems pretty actually old. And what's that in his, in the middle of his chest that seems to be controlling everything? I think that might be his weakness. So we're going to go for our, our finishing move, which is the danger zone, because Mass Hysteria's right in it. He's in the drop zone, which is a Dragon Phoenix 1080 splash. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you, by all means, go for your finisher. Roll those 2d6, no mods. Seven. <gasps> Seven. Ooh. Okay, you... Um, it's a squash match. You, yeah. <laughs> So the um the yeah um danger zone just starts barreling straight towards uh the prone body of Mass Maxwell lying lying on the mat arms akimbo um vulnerable uh you time itself seems to slow down as you shoot through the sky um can you tell us the, sort of what memories of the past are flooding through your brain oh, at this yeah, point just those, those um, bad as... words time going through the sky that's how I got here that's how me and danger zone my sentient jet best friend became into existence in the year 3000. So we're, I, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I'm pining. I think this is the one because we just need a few more wins. We just need a, a bit more money so we can go to Fairmont 
and ask him to work on this time-travelling technology for us to get us home. This is our chance. This is your chance. And as you are mere, ooh, mere metres away from the body of Mass Maxwell, you start to hear a static crackle in your headset. You start to see a kind of electric spark spreading in little places across the body of Danger Zone. For a brief moment in your readout display and in the uh, heads-up display in the cockpit of Danger Zone itself, a quantum wave appears very briefly and buzzes its shape across your readout. Um, on a 10, at the last minute, Danger Zone feels its... What are those called with the handles on? Not a joystick. It was the 80s. It was a joystick. It was joystick control for jets in the 80s, wasn't sure. it? Cool. Yeah, the joystick, um, seemingly of its own accord, veers backwards. Uh, and just at the last moment, Danger Zone pulls up away from Maxwell, up into the air and lands uh, cockpit and back first onto the mat, as prone as a jet can be. Um, this electrical buzzing is just spreading across the body of Danger Zone at this point, and your, your, your controls are sort of sparking more um, static at you. Uh, you, you. You know, you try to touch them and you have to flinch back out of the way because of the pain. Um, Maxwell. Sorry, bro. Robo. Maxwell's going over. <laughs> and he gets to his feet. <laughs> and uh, this has activated uh, the Maxwellian overdrive protocol. And he starts to G himself up, playing to a crowd that isn't there. You! And he runs the ropes and he goes for the nuclear fusion leg drop, his finishing move. <laughs> um, just straight 2d6 on that, Maxwell. Uh, ooh, that's six. So I'm going to use a re-roll because this is reliving my former glory. Maxwell always goes over. Oh no. Hey, ten. Ten. Um, take us through the uh, nuclear fusion leg. So the robot clunks across the ring, leaving huge uh, footprints in its wake. It hits the ropes that bend and almost buckle as it pings itself back. It runs all the way using all this momentum to get to uh, the downed danger zone and then just stops dead. Leaps into the air straight up, legs 90 degree angle, just <laughs> and as they hit and collide with the uh, jet on the floor, a series of uh, small pyrotechnics fire off down the uh, <laughs> thigh and calf, causing more damage and scarring along the, the uh, edge of your robot. Um, <laughs> and then Maxwell's going to go for the pin. Um, you hit your finisher, you succeeded. Um, that pin is in. You find whatever part of a jet you can that feels like a leg. I'm pulling the tail over. Try to track down the shoulders. Yeah. And then, boom, boom, boom. Ding, 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 ding. Your winner, the immortal Mass Maxwell. And then as the... Um, <laughs> What, what, what was the protocol called again? Uh, the Maxwellian Overdrive Protocol. The Maxwellian Overdrive Protocol um, suddenly cuts out and you're back in control of your body again. Okay. Uh, as quietly as possible, I want to lean into whatever I think is listening in this jet. And I just want to say, if you do ever go back in time, brother, stop me from becoming this. And then I get up and celebrate as if I haven't said anything. Okay. Um... 
uh, Rick, um, you, you, the, the static starts to clear. The, 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 the buzzing and the discharge is, is no longer sparking out of your control. You can see that little, these little lines of electricity have, have settled down on the body of Danger Zone, and you're back in communication with them. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. Yeah, I know Danger Zone. I don't know what happened there. He said what? He said if we go back in time, <laughs> we should stop him becoming what he is. I feel sorry for him too. Danger zone. We'll get we'll get it next time. I don't know what that was either, but something malfunctioned. We had it one. If my name isn't. <laughs> and you're my best friend, sentient jet danger zone. Hey! And as the as the the credits music of um uh, of Rick Thunder um fades out, uh, Danger Zone gets uh, writes himself and sort of takes off up into the vaulted ceiling out of the circle squared. And as he does, um, and as that last little bit of electric blue static sparks, for a brief moment, a pulse of kind of deep purple orange, almost like a plasma, just emanates from the back of the jet engines, but then is gone in a moment, and <laughs> Danger Zone flies off. Uh, we cut to a control room. We cut to a, a remote control room where... Um, the operator of the Kremlin Crusader, a, a young Alexei Tetris sits as he is sitting in front of a buffering screen, a loading screen, um, waiting to hear back from the voice of the quantum computer. And as he does so, his mind casts back to the last time he saw someone he loves very much. Um, and the very last moments of their life. Uh, Luke, can you tell us where we are right now in your uh, memory? So we are uh, back in Mother Russia in Moscow, my my home. Uh, I'm tending to my mother, Lydia, uh, who is unfortunately lying on her deathbed, which is just her bed. Uh, and uh, I, I'm going to uh, the kitchen to sort of like get some water and I come back and I'm like, mother, you need to drink. You need to drink the water. And uh, obviously in Russian. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> you've got those little um, those little angular brackets that you get in comics whenever people speak <laughs> yeah, in a different, uh, a different language. Uh, and um, yeah, and it's, uh, she's just sort of batting it away. She does not want, does not want this water. And I, I, I sort of sigh and recline. I, I look up to the wall where she has got newspaper clippings um, and they talk about her work in robotics and her work in sort of the science field. And I glance over to another set of clippings that have got blueprints for the F-chip or as it was called then, the Tetrip. Eh? And uh, <laughs> I look to those and I look to my to my mother, Lydia, as she takes her, her dying breath. I look at the blueprints say, I will not only avenge you, mother, 
I will also restore honor to our family name that was stolen from us and our flawless accents. I will build. I will build the Tetrip. I will not only avenge you, Mother Lydia. I will restore honor to the family name that was stolen from us. I will build the Tetrip. And I will go to CBW. A look of pride and love and deep affection spreads across the face of your mother. And she breathes one last gentle breath and closes her eyes forever. You now are back in the present day. Um, and not only are you waiting in front of a loading screen, but of course, so is Piston Fairmont, waiting in front of a loading screen and a very stern-looking photo of his dad frowning at him. All of a sudden, both your screens uh, burst into the familiar burst. All of a sudden, your screens switch from the loading bar into the familiar uh, shape of the quantum wave. State your dispute. Piston Fairmont, defend yourself. My dispute is that I was wrestling a perfectly good match when I was suddenly attacked by this foreign menace. I don't know if you can tell, but his accent, I believe, is some form of Canadian. <laughs> and I will not have my image, my brand, my father's name dragged into the mutt, the, or the mud. The mud is mostly dogs in the future. <laughs> but I will not have it dragged <laughs> through the mud by you. I demand satisfaction. I demand a match against this Kremlin goblin. Interloper, defend yourself. You may call me Alexei, because that is my name. I accept your challenge to match, and I will expose you, Fairmont, for the fraud that you are and how you stole this technology from my family. I will restore honor to my name, and I will use this technology for the good that it should be. Piston, Fairmont, state your stipulation. <laughs> you see, Lexi, I know exactly where this came from, and I don't care. So, my stipulation is this. Or the history books are a malleable mainframe of information. I put your legacy against mine. If I win, hmm, let's, let's start with you. If you win, I will personally authorize the history books to be changed to say that this is forever known as the Tet Trip. Your family will go down in history as the greatest engineers to have ever lived. However, if I win, not only does this remain the F chip, not only do you abandon all hopes of a legacy, but your family will go down in the history books as the world's worst murderers. Murderers? History is written by the victor. I won't just, I will tarnish your legacy forever. 
and your your name will be synonymous with nothing more than misery, embarrassment, and failure. Interloper, do you accept these terms? Cry me a river, dickface. I accept your terms. <laughs> the match is set. And the quantum the, the, uh, the quantum wave cuts out of the screen. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, we cut now back to the uh, circle squared and these two circular shafts of light erupt from two separate places at either end of the arena. Um, two circular platforms turn, uh, revealing these, um, revealing these, uh, elevator chasms. And from these two platforms are lifted up the robotic bodies of a, a newly restored and repaired billionaire playbot and a uh, with, yeah, with all your stats restored as well, Adam. And, and a, uh, a really gnarly but cool looking junky, uh, Kremlin Crusader. The following match is scheduled for one legacy. One, one legacy. legacy. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Making their way to the ring, hailing from new Surrey. The billionaire playbot. Lots of smaller, incredibly attractive robots come out, each of them armed with a magnum <laughs> of champagne. Uh, they all shake them up and 
a, a huge kind of torrent of champagne just spews out and everywhere and out up through this geyser sort of like elevated on this kind of moving platform of suds is the billionaire playbot uh, he's uh, been completely uh, rejuvenated uh, since you last saw him. In fact, he's made even leaner, even sleeker, even, dare I say, sexier. He's got even kind of like his, his, he's got a streak of gold in his real hair harvested from real orphans. And he uh, lands in front of the world and he uh, clicks his fingers and behind him, all of the robots uh, kind of stand on each other's shoulders and unfurl a huge banner saying, don't listen to Ten Trips, they're history's greatest murderers. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, making their way to the ring, hailing from Moscow, Russia, the Kremlin Crusader! No pomp, no circumstance. The Kremlin Crusader walks out to the stage, accompanied by Hammer, Sickle, and Red Star. He nods to his three compatriots. They just hop back into each other and hop back into him. <laughs> and he just walks to the ring, full of purpose. The TV screen showing images of how uh, the, the, the Fairmont's uh, or the Fairmont uh, Industries is a lie and how they've stolen this technology so do not believe their lies and she steps into the ring i mean who are you going to believe us or history's greatest <laughs> murderers we're going to start with the golden boy in control uh ding 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 uh where are hammer sickle and red star uh, well, uh, i'm not telling you um they are no no they are they're stored away inside. Oh, okay. I thought they were talking. No, no, no. they're Russian dolls. In which case, ah, understood. So what I will do first of all, straight away, is I'm immediately going to go for the Chateau Lafiste 1869, just straight uh, at your chest. Um, grand. We decided that was a look roll last time because it's so posh. Certainly. Uh, that is plus one. That is a seven. Um, that's enough. Yeah, the fist rockets out. Clung, did you say, uh, what, what part of the body are you aiming for again? Oh, the chest. The chest. Um, clung straight into the chest and a few uh, cracks start to appear in the old metal that makes up the body of this robot. I reach uh, my robot's hands into the cracks. I want to pull his chest apart and rip out his Russian dolls. That is easily a power roll for that. Okay, my power roll is... Ah, oh, my power is minus one. Who? Who and but? Oh, that'll do it. Seven. Um, so, yeah, you manage to get those um, pristine hands in there. You hear sort of the wrenching and cracking of old brittle metal as this cavity opens up in the chest of the Kremlin Crusade. And you see, um, uh, well, the first body you see, of course, is Hammer, the largest of the three robots sitting there in this little chest cavity. Um, yeah, the chest is open. What are you doing? Uh, I want to crush all three Russian dolls. So I'm going to say that is a... Power yeah, roll again. Yeah, power. You're purely power. crushing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, Russian dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your dolls, mate. <laughs> uh, you're yeah. This um, this incredibly expensive um, 
One wouldn't think a robot hand could be manicured, but this one is. Closes around the body of Hammer and therefore the bodies of Sickle and Red Star and squeezes and squeezes and squeezes and squeezes. There is a pop and a crackle and a, and a release of um, a, a high-pitched, uh, I guess, kind of squeak um, of electrical friction that almost sounds like a tiny scream uh, as these three robots are almost instantane- instantaneously compacted um, into a misshapen ball. Uh, I would like to lean in to uh, the, uh, Gremlin, the Kremlin Crusader and say, that's what the F-chip can do. I'm Piston Fairmont. Who the fuck are you? Um, Luke, we're going to give you a chance to... Oh, Alexei, we're going to give you a chance to respond to this. I am Alexei Tetris, son of Lydia Tetris, the creator of that chip. And I use my the arm that is a helicopter, um, but because I am powered uh, by uh, an MIG-28 fighter jet, sort of like inside, sort of like powering this robot, to uh, turn the blades on and try and slice off the hands that he is currently uh, crushing my Russian dolls with. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you go and work oh, for that because look, it's precision look, based. Because it's you know part of my robot. Tell you what, because I'm because I'm I'm already headed up the hill with people questioning these decisions. I'm going to roll a dice. If it's one to three, I'm going to let you do it on look. If it's four to six, you're going to have to do you it got on told work. By dad, <laughs> I was going to uh, say uh, dad's uh, arguably, home. Arguably, um, <laughs> arguably your 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 brother in this case, Ollie, has already wound me up a lot, and I'm taking <laughs> out on you. Much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is oh, a okay. Four. That's fine. It's okay. I, I respect your decision, Booker man. <laughs> <laughs> Roll on work. Uh, it is a five. It's a five. Um, the, yeah, the, the blades start to spin and spin and spin, um, but these are old junkyard blades, and this is an expensive, pristine, um, the most expensive metal money can buy, or at least the, the toughest metal money can buy, is used to make the chassis and the plating of the billionaire playbot and the the blades just bend and twist and misshape as they try to collide with it. Um, what can I say? Inferior technology. Um, because, again, because of that, because you, you, you used that moment to gloat and be a prick, we're going to let some, we are going to let Alexi um, take another shot at something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love how you're playing this monster, but I think you, you, you took the time to gloat rather than the opportunity to do something. So we're going to uh, let Alexa do something else. I regret that. How's this for technology? I'm going to punch you in your Chernobyl. And I'm going to try and kick him in the dick. <laughs> right. Um, that's, um, that, is, that is just going to be a power roll for a straightforward yeah. hoof in the dick. Uh, oh, and that is a nine minus two is seven. Seven. Oh. Just... And what's your what's your kicking leg made? Uh, it again? is what's your kick, kicking it, it leg is made out of, out of uh, a battleship. <laughs> well, you just sunk his battleship as it connected beautifully with the groin of the billionaire playbot, um, causing it to to cross its legs um, in, in cartoonish <laughs> agony. <laughs> yeah, the, the the two little like glowing LED um, like uh, lights just sort of yeah go cross eyed for a second, Ooh. and the playbot drops to its uh, knees. Um, we're going to give you. We're going to be one, one, one more chance to do something uh, at this point. I'm then going to go for the vodka revolution. Uh, my top heart just starts spinning around with my arms outstretched to try and clobber him in his uh, beautiful uh, and uh, overly privileged face. What did we give you uh, to roll for that last time? Our last revolution. time, I believe. 
You're an honest man, oh, Luke, and I love man. you. Roll on power. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is... Uh, oh, no, it's not. It's, I've rolled a seven, but that means it's five. Um, yeah, so once again, um, the you, you go back to the Volker Revolution. You start spinning around on the axis that is like the the, the, the lumbar part of your of your robot's torso. Um, but once again, this is an upgraded. This is a sleeker, tougher, meaner version of the billionaire playbot. And just like the metal of your blades bend so does the metal of your fist is like bang 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 every time it clocks the jaw of the billionaire playbot a, a bigger dent appears in your fist than does on the <laughs> the um the shit-eating grin of this um beautiful beautiful piece of machinery uh we're gonna let you respond now uh I piston hey i lean in and say lexi you're living in the past allow me to introduce you to the future i stick my hands inside uh his robot and i begin to pump it with molten palladium i'm going for my finisher the wealth grab um you know what to do that's a that's a straight oh, 2d6 no. you why don't i use any of my rerolls? <laughs> that's a good point luke uh that is a four so what ah! i would like to do is i would like to re-roll and think of the future. I would like to picture my father. I would like to picture my children, which I've yet to have because marriage, ugh. but I <laughs> picture the legacy, the dynasty of the Fairmont stretching into the future. I see statues being raised in our names. I see F chips for every wealthy man, woman, and child. And I see a new era of robotics carved out in my image. Fail. Oh, snake eyes! Yes, son. So once I'm going to take you, that and see oh, what happens. Dude. You 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 reach you reach these manicured robot hands into the cavity where the <laughs> crushed bodies of Hammer, Sickle, and Red Star lie. Um, just just another few little people who you've crushed on your way to the top. And the liquid palladium starts pumping out of these, uh, these valves and these, these, um, yeah, this, the store inside your body pumps into the cavity, um, sealing in a horrible little coffin of molten palladium the bodies of these three tiny robots. Um, but once again, once again, you, you moved out of your field of expertise. You are maybe the most brilliant roboticist on the planet, but you are no metallurgist. Like you, old-fashioned technology, old-fashioned blacksmithing, smelting and metals, that's that's labourer's work. That's the kind of thing where you get your hands really dirty, and that's something you never really could accept that you were not good at. And once again, as this cavity fills, um, and as you come across, I mean, the, the body of a of a modern robot, the body of a contemporary battle robot is a... Um, uh, it is... Beautifully and perfectly designed most of the time. Um, you know how these things work. You, you know exactly where this, um, liquid palladium will flow if this is going to work. But you don't know any of these machines. These are bits of junk from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And there isn't really anywhere in these, these densely packed, efficient, um, Russian bits of tech for this palladium to go. And once again, it flows back and back and back on a critical fail. It flows back across covering your hands, covering your entire hands. Of, of your robot back across the body, back 
across the arms, up around the chest, down across the legs, down to the feet. What physical motion are you trying to do in your last moments of movement here? <laughs> I'm trying to extend <laughs> my fingers <laughs> into a jewel bird. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you roll and look to see if you can achieve that just before. Uh, that is a seven. Just about. Just about. Just as. Just as the audiences across the planet can hear that groaning sound and that hissing of molten metal cooling, um, you just get these two robo birds flipped <laughs> before you seize up completely. And there you stand. There stands the billionaire playbot, the most expensive, most sophisticated robot in the history of Cyber Battle Wars, designed by the most brilliant roboticist alive today, maybe alive together, but a roboticist who squandered his gifts. And as you sit there, and as you sit there in your control room, looking at the frowning frame photo of your dad, you look at the circle squared, and what you see is a solid palladium statue to failure. And you know exactly. In fact, I'll just leave it on that. I'll leave it on failure. Alexei, ding, 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 ding. Your winner, the Kremlin Crusader. Honor has been restored. Uh, so now I sort of pop up onto the screen of Fiston. Uh, of Pheromons, you are a brilliant man. You are a brilliant roboticist. And I do not hate you. I do, however, hate what you have done to the Tetrip. I hate what you have used it for. I would like to go into business with you. Together, we could build a better world with this technology. What do you say? I look down at the frowning uh, face of my father and I say no deal you want the Tetrip to be yours it's all yours and all the failures that will come with it and I storm out um, okay we find ourselves in the hangars of Cyber Battle Wars where all the robots are kept in between matches uh, most of them are shut down, awaiting in stasis or in standby or in power saving mode for their next call to the circle squared. But one is sitting down on the ground in a relaxed pose. And that robot is the hulking metal frame of the fighter jet Danger Zone and approaching Danger Zone 90s TV hero Rick Thunder. Danger Zone, Rick Thunder. I've run the diagnostics and the tests. I don't know what happened out there. The only thing that I've seen in, 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 in our past, in our journey together, that correlates with such a power outage is when we flew through that time-space anomaly, anomaly over the Bermuda Triangle. Beep boop, beep boop boop. Yeah, it, wa it, it was the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Beep boop beep boop boop beep 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 boop boop beep boop 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 boop. I love you too, man. He and um, Danger Zone reaches out a giant metallic um robot hand to yours. High five. High five. Freeze frame. Um, and on that freeze frame, 
all of a sudden, the uh, purple electroplasmid crackle you saw from the thrusters at the back of Danger Zone starts to appear again. And throbs bigger. And then, boom! This huge explosion of purple plasma energy erupts throughout the hangar and about uh, 50 feet away from you, you see a black, a tiny black sphere start to get bigger and bigger and bigger until it swells into some kind of time-space cavity, crackling with plasmid energy. Um, the black sphere brightens in the center and a light, a um, kind of cosmic light spreads out from the center. And then, stepping through it, the boyishly handsome, blonde, loyal wingman to Rick Thunder. It's none other than your friend, Tim Quick. Tim Quick, my trusty wingman from the 90s hit TV series Danger Zone. You've come to rescue me. Finally, I can go home. Thank you, Tim Quick, with your boyish, beautiful good looks and definitely trustworthy face. <laughs> ah, Rick Thunder. Oh, should I say, Rick Thunder. Oh. He's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell you how sick I am of hearing the name Team Quick. My name is Timote Quickniv. And I am no friend of yours. The portal behind him grows wider and wider and wider now. And another leg steps through. A big, heavy, metallic leg. As a large, red, robotic MIG-28 Russian fighter jet steps out behind him. It has taken red scare and I... Decades to find you. Back home. Reek Thunder, you are hail the hero. And I hate you so much. Beep, boop, boop, beep. <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. All Russians are evil. I don't care what that Alexei guy says. Mm -hmm. Great murderers, horrible. I thought I'd finished you off by sending you through to a in uninhabitable year 3000, but no, you survived. You survived in the future, and your legacy survived in the past, immortalized as a hero. Tim Quick, you were behind all of this. You you pushed me into the future. You, you've separated me from my friends. I've been out for years. The way I see it. I am simply finishing a job I started 1,000 years ago. Killing Reek Thunder. And with that, he squats down, backflips into the air, and lands into the cockpit of Red Scare, who squares himself up and clang, 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 punches his two metallic fists together, and then gets into a battle stance. Is, is it me now? Um, what would you like to do? Tell me what you're so, doing. Uh, danger zone. I don't have much control over this. Danger zone leaps in front of me, like the the loyal sort of <laughs> dog that he is, 
and that gives me time Beep. to run to the other to, to run to a safe area, put on the headset and start directing uh, commands to danger zone. And the first thing we're going to do is jump up in the air into a fight pose and come down with a, a danger fist. It's going to be work. It's not going to be work, is it? <laughs> a fist is going to be power. Okay, so as you... um. He sort of squares up, ready to battle you, and then Tim Quick sees you um, run off into the distance. I'm, hey, thunder, kvit, starling. Just when you think all the puns <laughs> and now roll are done. on. We would have exhausted all <laughs> Russian oh. puns by the end of this. <laughs> I mean, Lu- Luke has depleted my uh, supply. Sorry, mate. <laughs> You're all monsters. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you managed to get you managed to get your headphones on, and yeah, roll on power for that thunder fist. Oh no. Oh no! <laughs> please, please, oh please! What is it? Oh no! <laughs> There's so um, many snake eyes. Red scare. I mean, I, thank you very much for being honourable with your roles, guys. That's very decent of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Red Scare catches that fist in his huge red hand and squeezes down, and it bends. Um, Danger Zone's hand back and then forces him to his knees. <sighs> you are always weak, capitalist dog. He shakes his fist at you and pushes you down further into the ground. What Danger are you doing? Zone, quick, twirl out of it with your, you know, your thrusters so you can spin from side to side and then go up in a sort of loop of eight around him and kick him in the back. <laughs> um, okay, that is a work roll for sure. That is an eight. Um, yeah, thrust is kicking to gear, pirouetting like some kind of fighter jet ballet dancer. Um, the fact that the, the ballet-esque moves are so good that even um, even a Russian like Tim Quick has to pay attention. And you whoosh, spin around behind the back of Danger Zone. Tim Quick is not quite used to controlling a, a sentient robot transformer jet quite yet. It takes a while to get his bearings. Um, yeah, Red Scare, Red Scare is on his knees. Um, his back is to you. Well, I would also doing? think that you know, da- Danger Zone is very unique in that he is an actual sentient robot who listens to my commands. Whereas this just seems like your standard robot jet that doesn't have a brain <laughs> okay. of its own. It's all Tim Quick. So now I'm going to lift him up for an airplane spin, which is where I get him <laughs> on my shoulder. And much like uh, Alexei's, uh, what is it, the, the Russian roulette thing where it spins round, I'm just going to spin revolution. from. Bug revolution, sorry. Going to spin from the waist, but it's unhinged. So I just go round and round and round and round. <laughs> I'm good for that's That's a work roll. Five. Oh, no, with uh, with work, it's a seven. Yeah. It's a seven. Just enough. Just enough. As this is, um, you're used to wrestling wrestlebots who are typically smaller than... Um, Smaller than Danger Zone. It's Danger Zone being a fighter jet is bigger than your average wrestlebot. This is more weight than you're used to, but after a bit of a bit of wobble, a bit of balance, um, you manage to yeah, you start spinning into this thing. And as uh, for a moment, um, Tim thinks you're uh, you're going to sort of let go of him, but you hold on fast. He goes, Ah, uh, Reek Thunder, I see you got your bearings straight. And then the spin starts. Yeah. So so then I'm I'm going to put them down, and they're really disorientated, especially Tim Quick inside. But then I spy out the corner of my eye. Rick Thunder spies out the corner of his eye that the time portal is still open. The time portal is still open. And through it, I can see various flashes of the life I want to get back to, including series one love interest, Julie Lovely. 
<laughs> and I see her at um, home just washing plates <laughs> and looking forlorn. And that, you know, it just the, the pang of my heart. And I'm like, danger zone, let's go for it. So I start running towards the time portal to try and get back home. Um, oh, this is, you have no stats. So this is going to be a, a straight, is it, are you just trying, you just trying to get yourself with, through that portal right now? Zone because yeah, we're, we'll both, I'm running towards it and a danger zone can come with me. Okay. So first I'm going to need a work role to get past Tim Quick okay. and Red Scare. That is an 11. Yeah. That is an 11. Um, uh, so yeah, a Red Scare swings a big, heavy robot chest fist at you, but uh, <laughs> Danger Zone sort of leans back Matrix style and slides <laughs> underneath it. Um, and then, yeah, uh, writes himself again as soon as he's over the fist and starts running towards the portal with you. So that roll got you past Red Scare. Um, now this next one is to be able to jump through. 12. Not natural. Not natural. But 12. <laughs> Okay. Um. Yeah. You. You both run. To, you get both like run towards the uh, portal as quick as you can. You get there. It's shrinking. It's getting smaller and smaller, but it's still there. Um. Uh. <laughs> as as you as you as you reach the portal, Tim Quick. Um. Gets he gets Redscape back to his feet again. Shakes his fist at you. Internet. He yells. Um. However. Uh. On that critical fail you rolled earlier there need to be some serious consequences. And the point where Red Scare broke the arm of, uh, or broke the hand and the wrist of um, of Danger Zone and dropped him to the floor, you see, you see that the strain of lifting a robot bigger than he's ever had to lift before and the damage he took right at the start of the match uh, is, it's more than, it's more than you first realized. And taking a proper look at your best friend, he is in a very bad way. You can do it. Come on, Danger Zone. Get through the time portal with me. Beep, beep, boop. And he looks at his hand and looks at the damage that's on his knee. And the portal gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And you're no roboticist, but you picked up a few things here in your time in the future. And you know this is serious damage. On a critical fail, this is really serious damage. You know it can be repaired. You know that there are people in the future who can repair Danger Zone. But you know that there is nobody in the past who can. And that portal is closing and closing and closing. You have a choice. You can return to your time. But if you do, Danger Zone is a goner. He reaches a big metal hand and just rests it very gently on the side of your shoulder, sort of like a sort of a bro grip over your collarbone. Beep, boop, beep. Rick, thunder. What are you doing, Rick? I'm looking at Julie Lovely, waiting there. She doesn't know I can see her. She's hanging up washing now. And I look back at Danger Zone. And I put my hand on Danger Zone's robotic arm and stay there with him as the portal slowly closes for another episode. 
And nothing but silence. And with that, the light just dims in Danger Zone's eyes and he goes into power saving mode. No! You hear the frustrated scream of Tim Quick as the portal closes. He turns to you, points his finger at you. Next time. Next time, Rick Thunder. And then Red Scare shoots, blasts a hole in the wall and flies off into the sky, leaving you stuck in the future with your best friend. We cut now to backstage. A huge room full of computers um, and servers uh, and incredibly futuristic computational technology that is using things like uh, like wireless electricity, the kind of stuff that Tesla dreamed of, and almost kind of vacuum tube style old um, like amplifier technology to create this incredibly efficient form of computational power that allows brains beyond anything um, that we could even imagine in a time to perform. And in this huge room, right, right, at, right at the back, atop a large um, series of heavy metal-looking steps, sits a giant spherical computer screen. Um, this is the heart of the quantum computer, uh, the mind that does all the thinking for cyber battle wars. Approaching the quantum computer, the immortal Mass Maxwell, who has come to make that request he makes every single day and that is never granted to him. And as he approaches the base of the steps, the uh, quantum wave bursts into life. It glows red and yellow and then back to white. And it almost seems as if it's looking at you as a metallic voice chimes out. Well, well, well. Quantum computer. <laughs> it was right under our noses the entire time. You bastard. Let me tell you something, machine gene. Masteria has been running wild in this company for centuries now. It's time you let me hang it up. I've done my service in the face lay me to rest why because despite all of this despite everything else robo i'm a man on the inside i'm not like these other ones i wasn't built in a workshop i was born and bred in a different type of iron paradise the gym hanging and banging building working on my bod but i am ready now to finally Hang up my boots. Mass Maxwell, you are the immortal face of cyber battle wars. You will wrestle when we tell you to wrestle. And a little sort of spark of pain is jolted through you as a result of the, um, what's its name again? Sorry. Oh, the, the, overdrive the Maxwellian thing. Overdrive uh, Protocol. Maxwellian, that's it. The Maxwellian Overdrive Protocol. You get a little spark of pain, a little spark of corrective pain jolts through your body. 
You will wrestle when we tell you to wrestle, and we tell you to wrestle forever. Now, Mass Maxwell, you have a match. And the quantum wave <clears throat> cuts out, and you're left in an empty room. Um, I'm going to attempt to pry the uh, chest cavity open in order to get out the um, black box. Um, okay, make a... Ooh. To get your chest cavity open, let's say... Let's have a let's have a contested two d six roll actually, to see if um man cyber management allows you to do this. Nine. Yeah, you managed to get your hands in, and it's a huge strain. Your body is you are the face of the company. So much of management's money is put in towards um making you making you look strong, making you be strong, making sure you always get over no matter the cost. And part of that is giving you giving you a, a wrestling body that can stand up to the the high-tech, um, power-based wrestlers, even when your style is still so old school. Uh, but with this huge sort of force of will, you manage to create just the smallest but perceptible crack in your chest cavity. And the tiny little gleam of the brilliant blue light at the center of that black box can be seen um, before the uh, Maxwellian uh, overdrive protocol kicks in and you find yourself being marched to the top of the ramp. Making their way to the stage, hailing from 500 years ago, Sussex, the immortal Mass Maxwell. Uh, East Sussex, surf rock. Uh, I, on the way, uh, there, there's a there's a sudden change. I walk I walk out of that room, uh, having spoken to QC, the quantum computer, uh, forlorn uh, down, and then I realise what I'm going to do. I realise what I need to do, and as as I'm walking, my step becomes. It's almost like um, the end of the Usual Suspects. My gait changes completely, and I'm once again the immortal Mass Maxwell that everyone's used to seeing. I pick up a feather boa. I. Uh, replace a chest cavity that says master steering when i burst onto the ramp i rip that open i rip open all the signs that say mass hysteria that they put on the ramps as well to re to reveal more signs that say mass hysteria i'm playing crowd <laughs> sounds myself through speakers that are mounted on my shoulders and i make my way down to the ring is there anything you want to say just down in the center uh, of the ring yeah, alone sure. um <clears throat> Boy, Mass Hysteria is running wild, Robos. Let me tell you, once again, my demandments. You've got to download your training patch, <laughs> conjoin your consciousness with the master program at the center of the internet, <laughs> and eat your vitamins because we don't go outside enough anymore. But another thing that I want to tell you is you want to become like me because I am immortal. I am the immortal face of this company and I will be so long as this black box beats in my chest. And the synthetic sounds of an artificial audience scream at the man they love more than anyone else in Cyber Battle Wars. Making their way to the stage, hailing from the University of Kent, the Fork! <laughs> 
<laughs> but <clears throat> so um, I am actually um, walking down the ramp to just like some casual rock music. I'm not going too big because I am Maxwell's biggest fan, and it's just I'm just happy to be here. Um, it's I, I've actually, in fact, what I've done is I've plastered um, the poster that was in my workshop onto the front of my robot. So there's a little mass hysteria on the front of my robot. And I'm just like, yeah. But also a lot more like muscular than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, uh, uh, yeah, no, I literally just ru- my robot just runs and skips into the ring with just absolute joy, and then it's just like, hi. <laughs> so um, you have the ability to uh, project a, a video image from uh, the the Rumi remote controlling this robot from to uh, to Maxwell. If there's any words you want to say to your hero at this point. You are truly, truly unforgettable. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a huge, huge, a huge fan of yours, um, and um, it's really, really, really a uh, a whisk come true to be in front of you. So thank you. <laughs> so. Considering A, he is the immortal face of the company, and B, you are starstruck, starstruck right now, we will start the match with Mass in control. Ding, 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 ding. Mass is coming right out the gate with clothesline. That's a power roll. Uh, 10. That'll do it. Boom! Your heavy metallic arm knocks the fork to the ground, and the crowd goes wild. I just get in his face and I say. You're a fan of the immortal Mass Maxwell, are you, Robo? And I go for a elbow drop. Um, an elbow drop is going to be... That's pretty much power, I guess, for elbow drop. Yep. Sorry, I've lost the dice. Don't worry, I've got spares. Uh, 12, not natural. Just in case you're... Um, yeah, the beautiful elbow drop. Um, in fact, because on that 12, do you want to give a little flourish? Uh, yeah, it's just a... Straight down. Kiss the fist, drop straight down. And as I land, I roll what looks like a cover. Um, and I let it, I'm going to let it count, but I want to do something. So as I do that, I just say, um, having said uh, you're a fan of the immortal Mass Maxwell, that man died a long time ago. And then I pull the cover off so that it lets the count happen, but I try to make it look like she's kicked out or the robot's kicked out. Okay, you're in control now. Fork, what are you doing? Um, I'm in absolute shock. uh, And as uh, I see Maxwell on the floor, I see that they've got this weird blue light gleaming from their chest. Um, And there's something weird that impulses me to try and stick my fork into it to pry it open. Okay, you can make a... Oh, that's that's pretty precise. It's a tiny crack. Make a work roll. It's a tiny crack. <laughs> Keeping it classy. Uh, hang on, what is my work? Zero. So that is a nine. A nine? Yeah. Um, yeah, your fork shoots into the crack. You sort of expand your forklifts a little bit and you hear a creak and a groan. And yeah, you managed to make that little crack open, maybe just another inch. The metal you're pushing against is so incredibly strong. But mm. yeah, um, you can now see clearly inside, you can make out this little blue glowing light and you recognize it from the 
the endless amount of ring entries you've seen of the immortal Mass Maxwell. This is this is that little device that is put into every Mass Maxwell body when he enters. Um, cool. Uh, what are you both doing? Either of you well, can I, at this point. Well, um, I see the glowing light. I know what it is. And I know that um, I'm so inspired by this incredible soul that is existing inside this creature that I also want to pummel him to the ground um so i run against the ropes and then i get that lovely bit of extra strength and i go for a clothesline like he did on me um classic mass maxwell clothesline uh roll on power nine oh oh hang on no power 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 Ooh. 11 um you you you, a clothesline is such an old school wrestling move, such an old school move. It's something in this flashy world of invisible robots <laughs> and sentient fighter jets um, and tiny, consecutively smaller Russian dolls. You don't see a lot of good old fashioned wrestling moves. But Mass, as you see this clothesline swinging to you, um, this is this is a better clothesline than you have done yourself in years. And boom, it knocks you to the mat. Pow! Uh, straight against it. And you're still in control here, Fork. Oh, fantastic! Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna replicate what he's done uh, because it's amazing and incredible. I'm gonna go for a shoulder uh, for an elbow drop. Go for it. Um, that's another. We gave you power, didn't we, for that? Yeah. Uh, that's a six plus two. Can eight. I try to move myself as this is coming down? Um. Uh, yes, I think we okay, said you can. Can I move myself so it connects um, better? You're gonna. <laughs> Yes, you can. So, okay, let me figure out how we're going to do this. So you're going to need to roll on work. If you can roll a better work than um, the Fork's eight power roll, then yes, okay. it connects better. Fuck. Uh, only six. Oh. That's a six. You try to move out of the way. Um, you just get yourself into an awkward position and you, you sort of cause the Fork to kind of botch that elbow. Um, and the crowd just starts booing a little bit. Um, at a really sloppily, a really sloppy execution of what is an iconic move, an iconic move that belongs to you. Um, uh, so yeah, um, right now we have the fork on the fork sort of on the ground from a botched elbow drop. We have, um, yeah, Maxwell kind of tumbled up in that jumble mess. And right now we're just looking at some rather bad wrestling. What are you both doing? Can I try to lift the fork up uh, and push? Yes, you can. And you can put the robot into a corner. Go for it. Roll on power. It's not gone well. Uh, oh, seven. Plus two power. Delicious. Seven. Just about. Um, you, you, yeah, you, you push against, you lift up and push against, um, the fork. Uh, you feel a lot of, a lot of sort of physical strength pushing back to get, pushing back against you. Um, uh, maybe more strength than you have yourself, but your experience and your technique is enough to get you to drive them back against the ropes. And you are now, yeah, you sort of pick them up and you are carrying and pushing, um, the so body of the fork against, against the ropes. The ropes. I'm going to say, Destroy the box, Robo. Save me from this. And then I'm going to turn to the uh, where I assume the driver's area is, uh, being able to watch this and say, Do you hear me? I am so in shock. <laughs> if she's not moving, I'm going to... I'm, I'll, I'm, okay, well, if yeah, she's, she's not moving, oh. I'm going to assume that I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to put you onto the top rope and I'm going to do a superplex to the floor in an attempt to cause as much damage to both of us as possible. Okay, um, roll on ooh, for a superplex. It's Yeah, roll on power for that. Uh, that is 10. You pick up, uh, 
you pick up the body of the fort currently in shock at this um, really confusing message coming from uh, their idol. Uh, and yeah, beautiful superplex off the rope. You both collide with the mat, collide with each other. There's a grind and a crack and a crunch of metal. Um, and you look down at your chest. You sort of see, you see sort of uh, sparks and damage and cracks and broken bits of metal coming off the body of the fork. You see your own um, chest cavity is, is split open a little bit more and you can almost make out one of the corners of the box at this point. Uh, fork, what are you doing? Um, I am going to crawl over and um, through the microphone in the robot ask, are you sure about this? The thing about legends is they have an end. Okay. Um, so um, I tell you to uh, just go with me. Um, and we struggle to our feet in what looks like a power struggle of delicious metal you wrestling. Um, and um, I whisper into your get into the corner and I swing and throw you into the corner. Um, and then I turn on my electric saw and back up into you. Okay, so we're going to give you a, a look roll for this. Okay. <laughs> Minus two. Uh, it's an eight minus two, so it's a six. Um, oh, oh, what's my re-roll? You have your you have your face re-roll for standing up for what you believe in, and then you have your uh, um, gimmick re-roll, which is for going old school. Uh, it's standing up for what I believe in because I believe in uh, a wrestler should be able to leave when they want, and he's obviously very unhappy. And that's not the point of wrestling. Roll, roll them bones. <laughs> roll them robo bones. Come on, don't be shit. Come on, Fork. Oh, no. <laughs> what do you get? Oh, my guys! Oh, 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 I can't so die. So, you flip, um, you flip, uh, mass in, into the turnbuckle. Fine. Kroom. Straight into the turnbuckle. You turn around. You start up your um, bustle. And you start to back up towards them. And then... <laughs> That's a nine. You start to feel... See um, these sparks of electricity move up and down your limbs and up across your body. You, you hear the, the high-pitched whine of your buzzsaw start to slow and slow and slow. You find yourself unable to control the, the body of the fork anymore. Um, and you find the limbs stiffening, the legs stiffening, and then mm, boom, you find yourself lying prone on the ground, unable to move as more sparks burst off yourself and more um, bits of metal start to smolder and, and burn under the heat of this kind of damage it's suffering. Uh, I'm so sorry, Mass. The overdrive is kicked in, and you find yourself being moved towards the prone body of the fork. You! Oh, <laughs> Echoes no. out in a voice that isn't necessarily my voice. Uh, maybe you're recording from the past. Um, Mass is going to go for the nuclear fusion leg drop. Oh. He's going to fight oh, against it at every step. 
Okay, so um, uh, bear in mind you do mm-hmm. have your rerolls left um, for this match, I believe. Uh, roll on, roll on power for the leg drop. We gave, did we give you power or looks for the leg drop? I think it was power. I'm so hot. Okay, cool. Power. So uh, uh, that is a eight. That'll do it. Um, you go in again. Uh, talk us through that leg drop. Okay, talk to have so a I run the ropes. Um, and power into it using all the momentum that I've built up. But obviously, I'm a robot. I don't need it. I stop. Two little thrusters just out the back, <laughs> me into the air uh, with one quick burst. My legs pivot and swing straight up into... And then the thrusters on the back twist around again and, and fire me back down uh, on top of um, the fork. Croom! This huge metallic thunderous sound uh splits the the metal even further on the uh, the prone and damaged body of uh the fork who was being themselves overridden uh by cyber management just to make sure once again as always as he has done for over 500 years that the immortal mass maxwell never dies and the immortal mass maxwell always gets over low Is there anything you'd like to say? Uh, there is a crackling speaker that is in the robot begging you to stop because you don't know what's at risk. What are you doing, um, Mass? I am going to, uh, in an attempt to circumvent my programming and fight against what's happening, I'm going to try to do something that they would want me to do that might be a bit underhand. I'm going to hit the leg drop again. Go for it. Okay. Roll on power. Uh, that is a 10. That's a 10. Like Once again, same thing. Uh, it's it's Maxwell. Take us through the entire uh, so process again. <laughs> this, time, this time, this is a little bit more at the beginning. I do the, I actually start to hype up the crowd before the leg drop. Um, and then I run in and I hit it the exact same way I have hit it now for 500 years. Um, except at the top, I would like to attempt something. So at the peak, what would you like to attempt? Charges that were on my leg that fire off the pyrotechnics that scorch my opponents. I'd like to try to pop one off in the process of hitting the leg leg drop and try to hold it over my chest as I land. Um, Okay, you're going to have to make a... Okay, to get one popped off, first it's going to be a work roll just to pop the cluster off. Oh, it's a 10. Oh. Um, yeah, you managed to pop the thing off, and now um, I'm going to need you to make a a straight two d six roll. I'm going to use a re roll. I reckon I got a four. I got a five. <gasps> oh. Oh. Can I argue? Because my re roll was to relive my former glory, and I've realised over many years, five hundred years that part of your glory as a wrestler and a performer is losing sometimes so that you can make a comeback and so that people can be excited about you. Being there permanently, being there every single day doesn't make people excited for you. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Go for it. Roll those two to six. (laughs) Or you're not going to believe it. What? Oh! Oh! <laughs> Natty 12s. 
<laughs> um, okay. So, first off, Lowe, I want you to make a power roll for me. I don't know. Okay, power. Uh, that is a 11. It's an 11. Big. Wow. Okay, so... Yeah, you you, you 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 can okay. First off, you connect with a leg drop. Another sickening, not sickening. This is robots. There's no goop here. Another very dry croon as the metal and metal collides, and more damage is done to the body of the uh, of the fork. I mean, you rip off this thruster from your um, uh, rip this thruster from your leg and hold it against the exposed black box and. F- I mean, you're a robot, you have no nerve endings, but you swear on some kind of metaphysical level, you can feel something. And as the heat burns across your chest, um, and as the heat from your thrusters starts to genuinely damage the exterior of this black box, your mind is now cast back through the multitudinous stages of your career, and you find yourself focusing on your glory days, your glory days where where before you were part of this bells and whistles show of technical wizardry, you were a proper old school fighter and wrestler. Um, one of the one of the most beloved and one of the most respected uh, in the history of professional wrestling. Um, and as that memory fills your mind, you remember why you wanted to wrestle in the first place. Why was that, Mass Maxwell? In the first place, I wanted to secure a future for myself and my family. I wanted to become a legend. And is this how a legend goes out? Lo, on that 11, you, Mass, everybody at home, across the country, across the world, sees the smoking, damaged, broken, beyond repair body of the fork. Mm-hmm. And mass, you find yourself looking at it, you f- feel yourself fading. You hold that burning torch against your black box as the metal smelts and smokes. You could very well go out today. Is this the way you want to do it? I've tried this thousands of times and I've never come this far. I'm going all the way. Low. Two things. First, is there anything you want to say as you see Mass doing this? I want to help. And I think I know how. On that 11, Lolo. Tell us what we see emerging from the wreckage of the fork. Um, from the fork, you see one sheet of chest pop open and a very muscular, uh, very burnt, very broken woman comes out from the machinery. Uh, she could never quite get away from not wanting to be in the ring with you. So she was inside the machine and is now broken and one arm is kind of screwed and her neck is off but she wants to help 
and she's been studying engineering for years and she can see you're in pain. So with the burning in your chest, it's kicking up. I rip open my oil and the tubes and I pour it over you to get some kind of extra heat while I use the what power is left in my saw to make sparks to get a fire up to heat and give you more heat to try and open up as much as possible for you. Mass for the first oh sorry, carry on low. Mass for the first time in five hundred years you are looking into the eyes of a living, breathing, real life wrestler. A human being who enters the ring themselves. You've got crazy guts, kid. <sighs> yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I think after all this time, brother, mass is over. And I want to try and throw her as far away from the flames and the fire as possible. Rule and power. Uh, that is a thirteen. Yeah, in a in a feat of it's it's a giant <laughs> robot against a person. You yeah you you fling you fling on the uh, the body of uh, what is your name? Danny. Woman, Danny. You fling the body of Danny, the woman behind the fork, across the ring. They um stumble into the ropes in the turnbuckle opposite side of where you are, as the fires start to spread. Just going to crawl to the other corner and keep that torch burning. And you're just going to let these. Sorry, Lo? No, go on. I don't know if this. No, by all means, say something. You want to say something? Uh, I'm, concerned we'll do something. That, I'm concerned that it's not going to be enough. Uh, this is like oil and fire on metal. It needs everything in its power to get right down to the core. So that you can peacefully die, I guess. God, what's it with you and always wanting no, I didn't, to die? No, last time I didn't want to. Anyway, die. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can see that you're just not going to be able to do it on your own. You're a wrestler. You're not a mechanic. I'm a mechanic, so I can do this. So I go back towards you and um, I uh, get one of the forks off my hands. I release it, um, and it's tattered, and um, I use it to pry open your cavity as much as possible to let the flames and the heat get in. My arms are burning, but I know that you need to do this and I need to let you do this. Um, and so, yeah, I try and open the cavity further so that he can finally be consumed. Um, can you make a, a real roll for me? Real? Minus one. Oh, no. That is ten. Oh. Ten. Oh, hell. Hell. <laughs> hell. oh sorry. <laughs> I couldn't count. And I was like, minus you one. Sound like you rolled a critical fail. <laughs> I was yeah. like, she's gonna die. Oh um, no. Uh, yeah, you so you, you you push, you push this um with, with your own bare hands now, your arms are charred and burning. You can smell your own flesh cooking. Um it wouldn't be a, a Lola character if some flesh wasn't having something horrible done to it. <laughs> um, you can smell your own flesh cooking. Um, you, you're like these sort of really like meaty muscles on your arms bulge as you put your real, your real human physical strength into this. Um, and pry open the cavity further and further and further until finally you see the entire black box in its totality. A perfect 
cube of memory and legacy, um, reduced to a now barely visible pile of smoke and melted metal and the tiniest glimmering little light that is about to blink out. I want to hear your last words to Mass Maxwell. Thank you. And Mass, what is the very last thing you see before you finally granted the peace you want? Thank you, kid. You've... <laughs> For the first time in 500 years, I've seen someone who's got the stuff. The actual human stuff. You don't need machines. You don't need robots. Bring back wrestling. I will. Ooh. And the light finally fades. And Mass Maxwell finally rests. The shot now pans out and zooms out. And we see from an aerial view the smouldering metal-strewn arena, the body of the greatest wrestler in history, shut down on the mat and standing in the middle of the ring for the first time in 500 years, a living, breathing human wrestler. And as one legacy ends, does another begin? The crowd goes wild, but you listen and this doesn't quite sound like the normal synthetic crowd being pumped through the arena. All across the planet, the audience of the biggest and only wrestling promotion in the world scream in adulation and joy at what they see. A sound so deafening, it reaches through the walls of the circle cubed and into your ears. True wrestling has returned to CBW. Yeah. We solved we'll robots. <laughs> Beautiful stuff, guys. <laughs>was our first one shot into an alternate CBW Cyber Battle Wars. Uh, so yeah, uh, that is the format that we're going with uh, during lockdown. Uh, when we, as long as we can't get into the same room, we're going to release one of these hopefully a month. Uh, they're going to go up on the Patreon first and then be released to the public. Um, each one is going to take place in a different CBW of a different world, uh, all non-canon, obviously, because season two will proceed where season one ended. But if you want to have a little, uh, uh, if you want to get involved with deciding the next setting for the next episode of the NRB one shots, then head over to our patron right now, because all patrons will be voting to decide the next setting. And we have, some doozies coming up uh so tom uh, are there any settings that you are particularly excited for do you not want to give anything away uh i'm i'm excited about i'm excited about all of them i think coming off the back of cyber battle wars the one i'm most looking forward to as a a complete counterpoint to the futuristic high technology world of uh, cbw 3000 ad would be uh the cavemen cbw 
which will be as, about as low tech and about far in the past as we can get away with. Um, I know for a fact that you are very excited about the cowboy setting. Yes. Uh, do we have time to quickly ask you what it is about the Wild West setting you find so much fun? No, that's fine. I, I, I mean, I love, I love westerns. Um, it's one of my favourite genres. I am thoroughly uh, immersed in Red Dead Redemption Two uh, online at the moment. Um, so that has kind of rekindled my passion for it. I don't know. It's like it's a very, it's it's very highly stylized. You know, all of the dialogue is incredibly colourful. Uh, the villains seem extra villainous. Um, the heroes seem extra heroic. There's blood and guts on the sand uh, it's very visceral tough world it, it, for me it seems to marry up with the kind of black and white gods and monsters of wrestling quite well and yeah i just i've always wanted to to live in cowboy times you do have literal black hats and white hats um heroes and villains gentlemen's and villains uh actually speaking of red dead 2 i have finally made progress in the story of red dead 2 and just moved out of the yeah. woods but then um, I learned how to fish, and that's slowed me down a whole bunch again. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you have a real uh, grizzly man survivalist approach to Red Dead. Uh, you're eschewing. Uh, but how long have you been playing, I guess, the story mode in Red Dead Redemption 2? Too long. <laughs> too, too long to have made so little progress. But um, I think in terms of the percentage completion, uh, I think I've just started Chapter 2, and I'm about 53% through the overall completion. So I've, I've definitely picked up a lot of extra um, percentage stuff through the the animals I've managed to hunt and study and skin uh, and the, the the various different places and people I've come across whilst eschewing civilization. So where is your camp at the moment? I just moved to Clements Point. Just moved to Clements Point. Um, taking Sadie to um, taking Sadie to get a new set of clothes and to find a place in the gang that she's more comfortable with. Is, is that outside roads? Uh, yeah, just outside roads. Um, you're, you're, wonderful spot for fishing. You're not fifty percent through. <laughs> oh, um, not, no. not, not through the story. Not through the story. But they have that. There's the in the progress box. They have like story percentage, compendium percentage, and then overall completion, which is takes into account story and all the extra stuff. Gotcha. So being only at the start of chapter two, I've somehow made it to about fifty-two percent of overall completion, <laughs> just through all the stuff that's happened outside of the main story. So uh, just to briefly touch on uh, Noah Rolsbard, obviously it was a, a very long episode today uh, because yes. it's, the only, it's the only one that you, you're getting in April. Uh, obviously the next one we're going to try and put out uh, roughly the same time uh, in May um, in, our, in our brand new setting. Uh, so if we haven't uh, coloured that poll uh, too much for you uh, and you have your own uh, suggestions, please do head over to patreon.com forward slash no rolls bard and get involved in uh, deciding how we're going to celebrate May uh, in no rolls bard. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really happy that uh, with how the episode came out, uh, I, I think I speak for both of us when I say uh, we were really bummed out when we didn't manage to get season two in the bag. We missed it. We missed it by days. Um, London was locked down literally about three days before we uh, our scheduled um, recording time so that's that's a shame but uh this is a is a cool system uh, and i'm really looking forward to uh what the future brings very well put although we know exactly what the future brings but what does the past bring to cbw <laughs> perfect uh goodbye everyone we will see you for the next uh, no rolls barred one shot see you then goodbye
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.